Alright, okay, we're streaming. <laughs> Dang, man. Alright. Well, we're doing it. Yeah, we are. Watch now. We are. Alright, okay. <laughs> Sorry about the delay. You wouldn't believe the amount of technical difficulties that we've had. If you can't tell by how flustered my face is and... Uh, well, Simon always is, is cool. He always keeps it mentally cool. But uh, we are so glad that you guys can join us. My lord, what a doozy setting this up was. But we're going to get to it. Right, Simon? Yeah, we always do. We always do. I ain't even tripping about it. Not really. So, yeah. All right. So, sorry about that. Took us a minute. For those of you who are joining us here, just know that this whole thing will be available on YouTube and anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You're probably listening to this right now or watching it right now. We know we started kind of early here at 5, but that's because we have 5 levels of football to go through. At least 10 teams. At least 10 teams to talk about on each level. Alright, so it's, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. So we wanted to start early here um, just to respect our time so that we don't get done at like... You know 10 or so and so that's why we're starting at 5 instead of our usual 7 or 6 p.m i guess prime time spot so there you go it is what it is but here we are the colorado high school football season will be starting as of right now in two days we're recording this on august 23rd 2022 i guess technically pueblo west played grand junction last friday um max preps was bugging out by the way but uh, that happened. Pueblo West did beat Grand Junction by some like 20 points or whatnot. You know, a little bit of uh, work to get in before uh, they hit the meat of their schedule here. So there you go. But overall, the season for most teams will start soon here. And so what we got going on is our first ever Colorado preseason power rankings every week. Uh, we'll update these rankings based on, you know, who these teams win or lose to. Or, you know, if other teams begin to win, then maybe they sneak up into these rankings as well. So that's how that's going to work. Cody, do you want to talk about, I guess, kind of our grading process with this and how um, our point system works and how we decide on our overall playmakers corner power rankings? Yeah, so if you haven't been following, we have previewed every single Colorado high school football team in Colorado, uh, classifications 1A through 5A, uh, like we're going to talk today. So if you haven't, go ahead and take a look at all those previews. Obviously, throughout the summer, Simon and I conversing a lot about our power rankings, talking about teams, attending Chassa Media Day, which go ahead and check out on TikTok. Uh, Coach V got lots of great footage from there, and uh, we were very blessed to be able to attend, but I digress a little bit. We did a ton of research on these teams. So Simon and I individually both chose uh, ranked one through 10, who we thought was, you know, the, the top 10 teams in each classification with a little bit of spillover in some areas, you know, some 11, some 12s. But uh, ultimately, you know, there's plenty of ties for basically more than 10 teams to be in all of these top 10 power rankings. But uh, the way that we do it, you know, if you're, number one by one of us you get 10 points number two nine points so on and so forth and then that composite score between those teams is what's going to decide our top 10 uh like i said there's some ties involved but you know this research is based off of obviously you know 
coaching staff movement or anything that we've been alerted to of that nature, as well as, you know, graduated seniors from last year, returning playmakers this year, as well as, you know, the schedule for every single team. We did a window of wins and, you know, that they're ultimately going to fall somewhere within that range of wins, uh, according to our projections and research. And from there, boom, you have our uh, PMC preseason power rankings. Am I that missing is, anything, Simon? No, that that is pretty I much. I think that was a good run through. Yeah, that's pretty much correct there. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're gonna what we're gonna do here is we're gonna start with one A. We're gonna work ourselves uh, up, and then in addition with every power ranking, we're gonna start obviously at ten, and then work our way to the number one spot. We'll give each of us. We'll have two minutes here. To talk about each of these teams. This is just a good way to kind of keep us on track. So that we don't just stay rambling and whatnot. Uh, But these two minutes we'll talk about the teams and whatnot. uh, Why they're ranked where they are. And so forth. um, Or whatever we could fit in these two minutes. And then we'll just keep going down the line. Until we get to the end. And after we, we... I can't talk. Oh my god. After we reveal all of the teams and where they are ranked we are gonna go ahead and show like an overall viewing of uh, the rankings and whatnot and then each have kind of a closing argument slash closing statements here uh just talking about you know these rankings and then talking about potentially some teams that uh did not make our top 10 but we personally had them ranked and so we'll also reveal our personal rankings as well so there you go cody are you ready to get this thing started here? I mean, I, I gotta be since I'm up to bat here first. Isn't that right, Simon? Yep. And so let me go ahead and introduce you here. Uh, but at number 10, we're starting in 1A, mind you. But at number 10 here, we got Flatirons Academy. Cody, you want to go ahead and take it away and talk about Flatirons here? Yeah, I'd love to. And uh, I mean, first off, kudos to Flatirons Academy for all they've been able to accomplish. This is a very young program and a very young team that has already done so much. I mean, last year they narrowly missed the playoffs at six and three, but they return a lot of their scrimmage yards. I mean, you get under center uh, Nolan Shepard, who had 1,300 total yards, 15 rushing touchdowns, three passing touchdowns coming back into the mix. You also have the running back, uh, Glowicki, who returns following a season that almost saw him run for 1,000 yards. But, you know, in the nine-game season that they did have, he averaged 100 yards per game. So if you put that over the course of a normal season, you're going to have a 1,000-yard season. You also get leading receiver, uh, Michael Kingery, who will return after averaging nearly 30 yards per catch. And then you also have some studs on defense. You know, Danny Rodriguez, he's going to improve, I think, from his four-and-a-half sacks last year. And, uh, you know, he also had five hurries. So if he converts some more of those, that'll be good. And then they also have their leading tackler, Tucker Ryan, returning um, after he almost eclipsed the century mark in tackles, as well as, you know, recorded nearly double-digit tackles. And so at the original time of my projection, they only had six games on their schedule. And so, you know, looking at their whole schedule now, I I do want to say that they are, you know, originally I said four and two. And, you know, upwards from there, basically. And now if you look at their schedule, they have filled it all the way out. They do play nine games once again this year. And I think that this is honestly a 7-2 and two win kind of season. And I think that you have a window of wins between six. They could be 8-1 and one 
in all honesty, if the ball falls their way, I mean, they have a pretty manageable schedule. So if they lose any more than two games, they could end up with a really great record like they did last year and miss the playoffs. But I really think that in league, they're going to win those games that they didn't win last year. And they're going to end up eight and one or seven and two and be in the postseason this year in one A. And that is what lands them at the number 10 spot. Boom. Perfect. Ooh, look at that. Right on time. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I I respect it. I respect it. But uh, yeah, there you go. That is Flatirons Academy. Hey, dangerous backfield. You know, in one A, dangerous backfields they win games. That's how it is. So boom, there you go. There. Let me go ahead and reset this timer here, real quick here before I talk about the number nine team. Uh, And by the way, this is preseason, so. Honestly, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how much uh, y'all care about NFL preseason, but it should probably be the same amount as uh, these rankings here. It's just, a you know, to get a vibe, to get a vibe, right? But moving on, though, that is Flatirons Academy at 10. At number 9, we got Banning Lewis Academy out of Colorado Springs here. Uh, let me go ahead and let this uh, video load here. But basically... Here, let me start my timer before I get ahead of myself. But basically, here's what it comes down to. Last year, went 5-3. and three. Basically, just missed the playoffs here. Um, it came down to a, base, a playoff game against Payton. And they lost it. It was a pretty close game. That was a very good Payton team from last year. And so, they ended the season 5-3 and three, just looking outside here. But going into this season, they're looking to be pretty strong here despite losing their quarterback, Caden Levi, who did throw for an impressive 1,272 yards, 12 touchdowns, 6 picks, also had 5 rushing touchdowns and 390 yards. Don't get it twisted. He is a very big loss uh, along with some other athletes like Nate Early, Carson Faber. But they are returning a very, very talented core, specifically this running back core held down by Holden Stennett, Adrian Teecha of uh, Fleetus, I want to say, and Riley Dotson. These guys were super productive, made up the majority of the run game. Last year, uh, Stennett, he had 437 yards. Uh, Teecha Fleets, he had 353 yards. And Dotson had 280 yards. Dotson also being one of the lead tacklers on this team, uh, leading a pretty experienced defense here. Uh, look, Banning Lewis Academy, they're a very young program. I believe this will be their third year of existence. <laughs> And they've found a lot of success early on here. And, you know, it's really only been a matter of time before they make the playoffs. And this is probably going to be their year. They have a very strong backfield. They're very big up front. They have a big boy in Braden Skinner, who's a very dominant defensive tackle. I believe he's only a junior as well. They have another great athlete here in Nick Vigil, who is one of the only seniors on this team. This Banning Lewis Academy team, they're looking to take over this league and go ahead and punch their way into the playoffs and they're gonna beat some pretty solid teams on the way here hopefully as they do that so boom there you go that is banning lewis academy they're gonna go ahead and make a run here and i see that based off of their uh backfield so there you go just just a little over the timer but uh overall great summary simon and uh very interesting to have some younger programs here at the top of our uh, power rankings here in 1A. It's exciting for both, you know, the 1A classification and Colorado football in general. So uh, kudos on that and uh, kudos to these programs, these young programs, I should say. Yes. 
But uh, Cody, do you want to introduce our next team here? Yeah, up next is one of the best uh, mascots in all of Colorado high school football. And I'm talking about the Holyoke Dragons uh, way out east in what I like to call Nebraska, Colorado. But we'll keep them inside of our borders. And, uh, you know, let's go ahead and jump into it. Simon, do I get a ready, set, go? No, you already went. I'm on a delay. But anyways, um, you know, last year they went five and five. They were in a really, they're in a really tough league is what it comes down to. I mean, you know, they're, and they're, all their losses were to playoff teams. You're talking losses to Lyman, Yuma, Ray, and Florence during the uh, regular season. And then, you know, a crazy game that they lose to Meeker. And, you know, they do graduate one of the best talents, one of our top five senior linebackers from last year, actually, in Miles Sprague, who, you know, we think is a D1 athlete. He's doing his thing at CSU Pueblo. So who's going to fill some of these gaps? And when I look at this team, there is another Sprague in the wings here. That's Wyatt Sprague. He's a great athlete as well. Quarterback slash defensive back. He records a ton of interceptions. He's a pretty efficient guy. I think he's going to take a huge step forward this year. And I think that this secondary is, you know, the fact that it's going to be so intact is what's going to allow these dragons to fly. I mean, Bryson Dirks and Cash Weber together, they had 27 pass deflections this past year. And, you know, they, they're also able to move the chains on the offensive side of the ball. So we'll see their receiving output definitely take a step forward. And I think that, you know, both these guys can also play the run really, really well. Um, and they also have a Tyson Mossentine who's going to be returning to the receiving core. All in all, you have a pretty solid receiving core coming back and you have a solid pass defense coming back, which I think is going to help out significantly. But, you know, uh, the class of 2024 is very strong. So I have a lot of faith in the future of this team. But, you know, I think that this year there's going to be a lot of learning experiences, especially in league. They may take a step backwards, but because of strength of schedule and if they play these same teams very close, we're going to see them back in the postseason. Boom. There you go there. That is Holyoke. Uh, yeah, I mean, don't have too much more to say about them here. Holyoke, you know, they have a great quarterback over there. So, you know, anything is possible. But let's go ahead and keep this thing going here. Let me reset. The t- I have to keep remembering to reset the timer. But <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to be running on free time. That's right. not fair. But right here, we got Monte <laughs> Vista. Let me go ahead and start this timer here. Uh, so going into this season... Uh, I think they're going to be very strong, and a lot of that is partially in thanks to uh, D'Angelo Archuleta and this linebacking core, which is extremely tough here. By the way, last year went six and through, just lost in the playoffs in the first round. Uh, kind of gave Florence a little bit of a fight here, only lost to them twenty-three to zero. And so going into this year, they're really going to be, uh, you know, building on top of that success. And like I said, starts with D'Angelo Archuleta. I think uh, right here he's going to be their lead back for them, along with Keegan Gunter. Both of those guys are going to really carry this offense and grind some teams into a pulp. Uh, I mean, look, this Monte Vista team, they're pretty big up front as well, and it shows. You know, I did hear some things about them doing very well against some of our uh, top teams here on this list, and that is a very, very good sign here. And so, 
if Monta Vista is, uh, if they're going to be successful running the ball, it's going to be ran through those two guys there, and they're going to score a bunch of touchdowns and control the clock. And then let me go ahead and give some credit to their defense here, led by Jack Noonan. As a sophomore, he actually led the team in tackles, I believe, from his not from his linebacker spot with 90 tackles and was one of the top tacklers uh, in all of the state in 1A and in the state as well, I guess. As, as So there you go. And on top of that, you know, you also have a big boy in Alejandro Felix at defensive tackle and offensive line as well. Last year, Alejandro Felix, he had 67 tackles and five sacks as a sack leader and was a big time contributor to this team. By the way, a watch list guy. And so I'm looking at this Monta Vista team. I think they're going to have a very strong defense and they're going to have a couple running backs that are going to be able to grind some teams out. Also, be on the lookout for this young quarterback they're, they're going to roll out here. He could, uh, you know, put up some numbers for them. So, there you go. That is Monte Vista. Rock and roll. I, I, I like this. I like this format. It's pretty healthy for us. This might be something that we look forward to uh, more often in the future. But, uh, you know, that being said... We got another team on lock here. Don't mind me squatting down real quick. But, uh, Sam, you mind if I just go ahead and jump into the next team on our power rankings here? Go for it. I'll start the clock. All right. Well, you know, right here, uh, as we start to pass that threshold of the uh, halfway point here, is Strasburg. And, uh, you know, they were a playoff team last year, and they went on an incredible run to finish the season strong and, you know, make the postseason after kind of stumbling out the gate a little bit. You could see a lot of their youth kind of in action, kind of putting things together, figuring out what it meant to not only play as a bunch of talented individuals, but also as a football team. So, you know, they had some things to iron out kind of early, but all in all, you know, they were a very successful team last year and they have a ton of returning playmakers. I mean, you get interception leader, Hayden Turner coming back. You're going to get uh, Bergstrom coming back in the secondary. Athlete Caleb Hart, who can play wide receiver, running back, quarterback, linebacker, defensive back. He's all over the place, and he's going to contribute all over the field. And, you know, he stepped up big time for them last year, filling in at quarterback. But I think a big return that's coming back is, you know, a junior, incoming junior quarterback in Landon Martin, who did miss basically all of last season with a broken collarbone. Uh, he had a lot of things to kind of work out in his game as well. And I think that, you know, this season is going to be kind of a growing process for him as well as the rest of this offense. Um, but, you know, he does have some help here. I mean, Zach Rushman and Zach Marrero uh, were both amongst the leaders and tacklers on this defense. They're going to return to the defense and try and hold that down. And then, you know, Marrero is very explosive on the offensive side of the ball, being a thousand yard rusher as a junior last season. And so, you know, they have balance on their offense returning. They have some guys who caught some touchdowns. And I think all in all, this is going to lead to a very solid season for Strasburg. I think that their window of wins is anywhere between five and eight. That's a pretty big range to be fair, but this is a very young team. It's a team that's, you know, unproven in a couple of ways, but all in all, you know, has the talent to make a push to the postseason and be in this, you know, amongst the top in rankings. Boom. Ooh. That's uh, pretty good. No, absolutely agreed. In my opinion, they have one of the most skilled 
you know, one of the most skilled uh, skill positions here. I can't talk here if you can't tell here. I'm trying to balance a couple of things. We're working through it. But they have one of the most talented skill positions uh, in the entire state. I mean, hey, they made the final day of that 7v7 Broncos thing, right? Which... It is 7v7, but they got some big guys up front, including Al Dickens, who is a watchlist guy, by the way. So, uh, there you go. But, uh, Cody, I believe these next couple teams are actually your team. So, uh, if you want to introduce the next one, go for it. Yep, I, I do have to take a deep breath here before I really get into it. But, uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and jump into it. This is a team that I got to see live last season instantly hooked in what was one of the most classic games last season and that's wiggins here you know out east once again uh, a lot of powerhouses out in the eastern area but you know wiggins here they went six and four last year i chose them to win in the first round of the playoffs and they stumbled a little bit but honestly no worries because the majority of this team is coming back i think here is uh, mohammed ibrahim who was the leading tackler and a very solid offensive lineman but returning back to the fold, you do get his younger brother who's going to be coming back and in Leif, who, you know, he's a great interior offensive lineman. And, you know, he's a great interior defensive lineman. He's somebody who can kind of move around the front seven too. And I think that his, you know, role will reflect what Mohammed was asked to do quite a bit last year. But I mean, they have an offense that can shoot with anybody in the state. You got Cole Kerr, leading rusher and passer, over 3,000 scrimmage yards, 42 total touchdowns. I mean, what is there really not to like? He did throw a handful of interceptions, but, you know, I think that that's going to come down a little bit this year. He has his top targets coming back in Omar Perez, who caught for over 800 yards and 14 of his 27 throwing touchdowns. Uh, Trey Fasiki is a very solid tight end who uses, you know, good frame, good size got up to 578 yards and I think you know on defense he's also a problem on the line whether he's at edge or whether he's at backer just a very physical force Cole Kerr plays safety for this team you see a lot of two-way guys on this 1A level and you know all these guys are very talented uh, Pepper Rusher who was you know a defensive playmaker of the year last season uh, he's obviously going to want to repeat that if not improve from that campaign so you're returning all players who recorded a tackle. You're returning the majority of your scrimmage yards, and you're going to return back to a level of dominance. You're going to get up some wins. I give them, you know, once again, a five to eight range because they just haven't shown me the ability to get over the hump of some of the perennial powerhouses in 1A, but they are still going to be a very solid team and a contender this year. It's just up to, you know, these young players if they can take that step forward. Boom. There you go. Absolutely agreed. Um, I, I like how Wiggins and Strasburg are basically back-to-back. -back. Cody, you and I will be going to that game here next week, September 2nd in Strasburg. That should be a big matchup that should shake up these rankings. Um, look, I said Strasburg, they have a very talented skill group. So does Wiggins. I think Wiggins is right there with them. You know, they have a very talented quarterback in Cole Kerr, uh, Omar Perez. I know they're returning the running back, Leif Ibrahim. He's another watchlist guy. You know, they should be dangerous. They should. In my opinion, they should definitely get past the first round of the playoffs. Uh, let's start there. And then, you know, um, you know, potentially make some noise. So, there you go there. And we're, we're going to keep going. You're going to get real tired of my voice here. Um, but uh, that's just the way that the cookie crumbles sometimes. But, uh, you know, we do have a three-way tie. Two, 
just be said here. And I think that this is, you know, a decent opportunity for me to whisper. I had these guys at number two. And, you know, with our averages, there ended up being a three-way tie with these three teams that are all very talented. And this team right here, who's tied for number two, is Lyman. You know them. They're the winningest program in Colorado history as, as far as football goes. They have been dominant. They were looking for a three-peat last year and fell just, you know, a half-quarter shy, essentially, in, you know, a game that could have gone either way with injury depending, right? So very close, 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 close state last year. They're used to winning state. So, you know, even though they're disappointed, the standard is still high. Lyman still rinsed basically every team behind them in these rankings, and they rinsed teams in front of them as well at, at varying points. But, you know, for this Lyman Badger team, all eyes are going to be on Gabe Shubarth, who is the second fiddle on this team at running back. He ran for 1,231 yards. He was also second on the team in tackles to Kai Bandy. Both big shoes to fill. And, you know, something that he's going to have to address on his own this season as opposed to, you know, maybe getting some help from elder guys, right? So Gabe, I think that he's for Offensive Playmaker of the Year uh, coming up into this season. That's the assumption. But then, you know, there's some question marks in some other areas. But, you know, Lyman's a small town, and I'm pretty sure that they have a lot of younger siblings that are ready to, you know, win rings just like their older siblings did or, you know, pick up that tradition. I mean, you have you know, uh, a younger sibling in Jordan Rockwell, who I assume was related to Brady Rockwell, who was one of the big contributors last year. Then you also have some big offensive linemen to fill some shoes. I mean, look, uh, Eli Wyszynski and Chance Cannon are not easy guys to replace. We even talked to them at Media Day about that. How are you supposed to replace that leadership? And, uh, you know, I think that these linemen are a bit more soft-spoken, but they're not any smaller. They are actually significantly bigger. And so, you know, they're going to try and use that same lineman, uh, pound and badger runway and, uh, you know, push their way to another uh, state appearance is, is the assumption. And, uh, you know... I always bet with Lyman until they prove me wrong, basically. So that's that's a quick synopsis on uh, the Lyman Badgers. Ooh, I went way over time on that one. No, it wasn't too bad. You were only a couple of so seconds much to over. Talk about. You're you're all good. You're so all good. But like totally agreed about Lyman though. Um look, these next three all three of these teams uh, that are tied at two. I feel like that's pretty accurate, to be honest with you. And Lyman is right there. I think this is a team that I could definitely see going to state here. I think they're definitely a contender. I mean, how could they not be, right? Uh, we got to see them at Media Day. And golly, is their line huge. Like, massive. You know, for not just for, you know, 1A. But, like, by most standards, they're, they're pretty big boys, you know, out there. So, they got some guys that are just going to clear the oh. way. What? I said for real. Yeah, yeah. And plus, you got a power back in Gabe Shubarth, who's a north and south runner. You know, he's not going to dance around. He's going to put his pads down and run you over uh, straight up. And so, um, I'm really looking forward to watching this Lyman team play. Got a lot of faith in them. Also, shout out to our guy, Logan Botyer. Uh Hopefully, I'm saying your name right. But he transferred from Florence to Lyman. And so, Lyman is getting a sure. pretty stud linebacker here. who's only a junior, I believe. So, he's just getting started, really. So... There you go there. 
But let's keep it going. Like I said, these next three teams are basically tied at two. And so the next one I want to talk about is Centauri, your reigning champs, and the team that basically ended this iteration of the Lyman Dynasty here. Let me go ahead and pull up the film so that uh, I could have something to watch as I speak here. Boom and boom. But here, uh, here we got Centauri here. I mean, look, last year, one of the only teams in the state to go undefeated and win state, obviously. The only other team that did that is in 2A. We'll talk about them later here. But they basically blasted a bunch of teams here. Now, they are losing some guys. They're losing Mason Quanch, who is not only our 1A MVP, but uh, he was our second best senior running back in the state last year, which was really impressive. They're also losing some studs in Baron Holman. Uh, their quarterback, Byron Shawcroft, who really turned up for them last season. Uh, Danny Brady, Zach Burr, bunch of guys. But... Here is the thing about Centauri here. They do have some guys returning. Some guys who actually got some pretty significant playtime as an underclassman, as a younger guy. And uh, they produced in the role they were in, like, pretty impressively, honestly. And one of those guys is Devin Brady last year on only 42 carries. So just think about that. 42 carries. He ran for 493 yards and 6 touchdowns. Also caught 23 receptions for basically 400 yards and seven touchdowns and on defense he had 66 tackles and three picks at db he will be in my opinion the next star for centauri here the main guy now he isn't built like mason quanchu who's like you know a 6'1 200 pound beast who could run and do all that great stuff but he's very talented i think he's a little bit more shifty has some speed to him a little bit more elusive and you know he's going to be running behind a pretty big line led by blade absmeyer and troy Hufker. saw both of these guys at media day big guys who are just going to clear the way they were a part of that championship team uh, championship line last year and this line they're only losing one player i believe so they're really experienced and so they're going to clear the way they're going to do their thing there also want to shout out Chaz holman who made some plays at receiver and db at corner and so look for the centauri team to you know make some noise this season again and potentially defend their title they have the talent to do so in my opinion yeah, no, no. I, I just got to first off congratulate Centauri on their first ever, you know, state championship in football. They're a team that was closed for many, many years. And so I think that that's a kudos to the coaching staff and their ability to have talent, reload talent, et cetera, et cetera, you know. So, you know, it's not that the talent isn't there, just like Simon said, and he just referenced a ton of talent that they do have, right? So these are all things to keep in mind when considering Centauri. And something that gave me a huge vote of confidence did come from media day when, you know, I asked what their offense was going to look like and if it was going to look the same as it did last year. And uh, Mr. Holman there, uh, he said that the offense is going to look different, but I think it's going to be even better than last year and uh, be a bit more diverse. And so I love hearing that uh, just for as a football fan and as a coach, but especially for a team that's looking to defend its crown, that it's willing to adapt. Hey, real quick, I gotta defend my boy Chaz here because I know y'all are kind of y'all y'all are being a little disrespectful in the TikTok comment section. He knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about. That's all I gotta say there. Let's see what this Centauri team does. Is all I'm gonna say. But Cody, I just had to put that out there. You know, I gotta defend my boy. He's a playmaker and whatnot. Do you want to go ahead and talk about the third team that is tied here for a second? 
Yeah, so our other, other, other number two here uh, is going to be the Ray Eagles. Look, last year, 9-3, and three, just a game short. But, I mean, you know, they lost only to the teams that were in-state. They lost to Centauri in week one, 28-14. That put Ray on my radar. On my radar. Oh, Lord. I'm going to abuse that one. But anyways, then they lost to Lyman pretty horribly in both the regular season and the postseason of scores 41-0 to and 42-8. to Now, they have plenty of, you know, guys who are going to be returning. They have an All-State honorable mention linebacker in Brady Collins, who, you know, led the team in tackles for loss with 23. He was a dog. Um, And, you know, there's other backfield records here. Look, Tell Wade is a Wyoming commit level. So that just shows you that the talent is there. He is a Division I football player, and he led the team in sacks with 10. And, you know, he combines an imposing frame with incredible strength. So I think that this defense, you know, is going to be absolutely nasty. They have Peyton Wade, who had three interceptions last year. And I think that these guys are ready to, you know, try and get over that hump. I mean, that Lyman wall has been just vicious these past few years. But, I mean, they get wide receiver one in uh, Chris Arambula. There's a lot of R's there. Uh, returning to the fold who, you know, he struggled to find Pater. And he also had a lot of drops this, you know, at crucial times during the season, especially in the postseason game against Lyman. So, you know, hopefully getting those behind you, having a short memory is going to help. And obviously, when you return your quarterback and your running back, that helps out significantly. Casey Midcap was our newcomer of the year winner last year. He's a solid quarterback. He's pretty athletic. And then, you know, in the backfield, Caden Bauer is a very solid combination of agility and power who, you know, not having to split as many carries could really get the ball rolling here and uh, form a dynamic duo with Casey and him in that backfield. They just got to hold on and protect the ball significantly better against title teams. And you will see Ray potentially in that championship, but they got to get over those chip teams first. Yeah. I mean, absolutely agreed. Uh, Look, this is a team with a bunch of talent, by the way, the highlights playing right now, that's tell Wade. That's that big boy D one, you know, and he's showing that, Hey, just because you play one, a doesn't mean you can't go D one. I know that's something that, uh, a lot of people out there, they'd be like, oh, they're, they're, they're only 1A, so they're not good at football. Like, let's be honest. The Denver metro area really beyond that. A lot of areas beyond that. I'm not just going to call them out. But that's what I, how I, that's how I see it. But they got some guys out here. You know, they're huge up front. They got a quarterback who did a good job last year as a starting freshman. He's going to build on top of that. Also, they're returning their running back, uh, Bauer, aren't they? Yep. Yep, and he, he, I believe he was a 1,000-yard rusher, which, I mean, hey, it's... 790, never... he was close. Oh, okay, he was, uh, well, he's probably going to be a 1,000-yard rusher this year, so there you go there. Uh, I got a lot of faith in this team here as well, which is why, you know, they are kind of here in this tied spot. Um, but, uh, yeah, but without further ado, Cody... Us about number one. I will talk about the number one team here. The number one team, at least here in the preseason in 1A football, in our opinions, is Buena Vista. Uh, hey, I'm just going to be honest with you. This was a team that Cody and I both believe deserved to be here at number one uh, here. Let me go ahead and get some clips here for y'all to watch here. But 
look extremely talented you know last year they came up a little bit short you know i believe they had to play centauri at the end here uh which which was just kind of tough yeah. you know and uh look this is a team that also played in the spring so they were i believe one of the only spring teams to make it just a game short of state i think they're the only spring one of the uh spring teams to make the deepest runs out of all the teams that played in the spring and so you know they were definitely struggling with a bit but regardless they were undefeated leading up into that game against centauri including some very exciting wins uh one beating gunnison by a ton and then beating meeker in overtime in an absolute thriller now while they are losing some playmakers and tucker storms their receiver in safety and seth moss uh he was their guard and linebacker they're really only losing those guys and then f about four of their top 11 tacklers other than that, they're returning a lot of the core, including a very dangerous backfield, one of the best backfields in all of 1A, in Hayden Camp and Jacob Phelps here. I mean, this duo right here ran for almost 1,800 rushing yards. So there you go. Um, well, actually, sorry. They ran for over 2,000 rushing yards, and Camp also had 930 passing yards as well. They are going to be extremely dangerous. If this pass game is clicking, there's not going to be many teams that are going to stop them. Just going to be straight up. On top of that, you have a speedster in Jacob Phelps who is super explosive. And I do want to throw out Elijah Evans who will be a big part of this defense as well. This team has a bunch of athletes and so that's why I have them at number one. That's why Cody put them at number one here as well. Cody, you want to talk about this team a little bit before we... Uh, show all of our power rankings i guess before we move on yeah i mean look this team was really really close to being in state last year obviously that game of centauri didn't go as planned but i mean like simon said they were coming off a short season they were pretty banged up and exhausted by this point so you know you're gonna get a fully recharged team right and you're gonna get a team that you know has looked way more crisp in the offseason, you know, you had a lot of youth last year, but now you get a lot of opportunities to kind of iron that stuff out and really perfect your craft and, you know, prove your place here at number one. And they're going to have plenty of opportunities to be tested and contended for that number one crown on their schedule. So we'll see. Yes, absolutely. So if they don't deserve, if you, the fans, don't think they deserve to be number one, they'll show you why they are or aren't number one so you'll we'll all know that soon you know we'll, we'll all know uh who lands where soon enough but there you go there also while we are here i do want to do a quick shout out to anthony garcia and mile high prep report uh we are actually part of a bunch of media polls that mile high prep report will be putting out we are actively participating in the 1a through 3a polls media polls uh, me and Cody both have votes there. And so if you want to check that out, go for it. It's in our link tree, Mao High Prep Report. It is there. You could check out these power rankings. Like I said, we do 1, 2, 3A, but they also do 6-man and 8-man uh, rankings as well. So just wanted to do a quick plug. Shout out to our guy, Anthony Garcia, plus all the other media members that are doing this thing with us. So there you go there. But just to review, he, here are our preseason 1a power rankings 
Uh, like I said, a lot could change, but basically at number 10, we got Flatirons Academy. After that, it goes Banning Lewis Academy, Holyoke, Monta Vista, Strasburg, Wiggins. Then at two, we have a three-way tie between Ray, Centauri, and Lyman. And then at number one, our consensus number one team in 1A is Buena Vista here. Cody, uh, do you want to do some uh, closing remarks here? Talk about your preseason rankings. I mean, I'll give you all, two minutes, by the way. Okay, well, all in all, I mean, our, our rankings were really similar. I mean, our top four was the same, just a slightly different order. I personally had Lyman at number two, then Centauri three, Ray four, uh, just because I need Ray to show me something that they haven't in past years, and that's getting over the Lyman hump. I mean, I don't think since they've been in league, and you can double check on my preview, I don't think that they beat Lyman since they became a part of that same league. So, you know, they still have that chip on their shoulder. They have that monkey or that badger on their back, I guess is what you would call that. And uh, yeah, until they get that off, then that's why they're at number four for me. But I mean, otherwise, I mean, I think I just had Holyoke ahead of Monta Vista. I think that was like the only difference that I really had. But all in all, I mean, look, if you're a team that's behind like the second place spot, as of right now, in my eyes, there's a, a gap where you have to prove yourself to to really be in that top four conversation, even that top three conversation of BV, Centauri, and Lyman, um, or BV, Lyman, Centauri, however you want to put it. I think that those guys are, are pretty bar none. If you throw Ray in there, those are pretty bar none, one through four. And anything beyond that still has, they have to prove it to me that they're beyond that. And every single one of these teams will basically have an opportunity to prove themselves against one another in some capacity this season and uh, earn their stripes. You want to give a rundown of what your personal rankings were? Like, just going 1 through 10 real quick? (laughs) Yeah, so I had Buena Vista 1, Lyman 2, Centauri 3, Ray 4, Wiggins 5, Strasburg 6, Holyoke 7, Monta Vista 8, Banning Lewis Academy 9, and Flatirons Academy 10. Boom. There you go. Alrighty then. Well, I'll go ahead and give uh, my last remarks here. Let me start the timer. But basically, here were my personal rankings. I had Buena Vista at 1, Ray 2, Centauri 3, Lyman 4, Wiggins 5, Strasburg 6, uh, Monte Vista 7, Banning Lewis Academy 8, Holyoke 9, and Flatirons Academy 10. So there you go there. Uh, look, this is all preseason stuff, so I'm really looking at a lot of these teams kind of just on paper for now, you know, and obviously seeing what they did last year and whatnot. And so on paper, Ray is probably one of the most talented teams out there. Uh, Buena Vista, I believe, is one of the most talented teams out there as well. You know, just a very complete team, talent on both sides of the ball, you know, and very, very good skill players. Centauri, Lyman, uh... Oh, we had them tied with Ray, huh? But with Centauri and Lyman, in my opinion, you know, both of those teams, I think they're still going to contend, but they're not as complete as they were last year. You know, other players are going to have to step up. And until I see that, 
that's why they're there right now now they are gonna have a chance to move up here you know i don't doubt that at all and so just keep an eye out there now i do want to talk about some of the teams that are just missed out for me at 11 i have meeker platte canyon 12 Burlington 13, Rye 14, Cedar Ridge 15, North Fork 16. Um, I think some people might be surprised about where North Fork is ranked. Look, I think they're a good squad and they have very good talent. But they are going to have to replace a lot. They are returning their quarterback, Hunter Marino, who I believe will be pretty talented and will be able to do his thing. But we'll see how far he could take this team, though. That's definitely a team I could see rising. Cedar Ridge. Uh, really, all these teams I could see sneaking into the top 10 here. I mean, Meeker, they are losing uh, one of their most electri electrifying running backs, but they're big up front. Platte Canyon, they got some talent. Riot, they have a great backfield. Cedar Ridge, they should have a good passing game. We'll see what happens, but uh, those are the teams that just missed out for me, and I just need to see a little. I just need to see them play. You know, once they start beating teams, we'll go from there. But uh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like I said, if you want to check out where other media members lie and, you know, their opinions, go ahead and check out Anthony Garcia and Mile High Prep Report. If you go to the link in our bio, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, I believe on Twitter as well, go to our link tree. It should be linked there, and you go to his website, you'll be able to find these power rankings. We'll be updating these every week, um, not only on our own podcast, but you know, on that website as well as the media. We'll be updating these rankings every week, so just keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, so without further ado, Cody, you ready to hop into 2A here? I mean, I gotta be ready to hop into 2A since I'm gonna be talking about the very first team here, and um. Yeah, so go for it. let's just go ahead and jump into it. Obviously, same stipulations apply as far as how we determine this top 10 in our scoring system based on our previews. And one of the most fun previews that I did because I was so high on this team last year was the Basalt Longhorns. So, you know, last year I predicted them to be a strong team to keep on your radar as a playoff team. And they delivered with a 7-3 and three final record, including two wins in overtime and two wins against 3A competition uh, before eventually losing to the 2A runner-up in Brush. So no shame in that. Their other losses were to pretty solid teams as well. And so, you know, as far as graduating seniors go, they are graduating some serious all-state talent. I'm looking at Sam Sherry as probably the biggest loss on this team, as well as some other leading receivers. But I mean, look, you get back Kate Schneider under center, who's, you know, a solid decision maker there as, you know, he did have a pretty solid TD to INT ratio. He just got to be a little bit more accurate because, you know, his accuracy, you know, his completion percentage wasn't super high. But, uh, you know, he's going to get, you're going to get that guy back. You're going to get Cooper Crawford who led the team in carries and yards and rushing scores and running back by committee. And, you know, with the other members of the committee having graduated or moved on, I think that Cooper Crawford is actually going to improve in his game because he's just going to have more consistent carries and more consistent attempts than, you know, uh, the three receivers who rounded out the top five for Basalt all returned. So I'm talking three, four, five. So there's still some stability in the pass game. You're getting a leading tackler in Trevin Beckman returning, as well as, you know, uh, three of the other top 11 tacklers. You're also getting second leading tackle for loss, Jamie Dolan returning, who's going to add even more tackles to his original 72 total. So, you know, this season, I don't think it'll be any easier. There's a huge spotlight on Cade Schneider to perform as they face, you know, some tougher 
you know, 3A teams who also improved dramatically with interesting schemes. But, you know, I think that overall they should carry and deliver a one in, or seven and two record with, you know, a window of wins between five to eight. And they should get past the first round this year, but it's all going to be up to Cade Schneider if he takes the step forward that he should. Right on time. Uh, hey, by the way, Basalt, you should post film because if you notice, this is all film against you and I can't find film from last year. And I know there's a bunch of talented players over there. So there you go. Yes. There. Yeah. I, and I don't know why they don't because um, they obviously were at one point. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, Basalt, you know, they're a very talented team. They definitely have the chance to move up here. Um, but they got beat some teams. You know, uh, Cody, they lost in the first round of the playoffs last year, right? Yes, to Brush, who, I mean... I mean, they went to state. What, what like I said, was a good team. But, sure. I mean, they yes. just didn't show up in some games that mattered throughout the season. So I think that they're... That's why they're at the back end of 10 here. Because, you know, I think that they're a playoff team. But they haven't really shown, you know, the ability to beat some of the other top teams that we'll be talking about. For sure, for sure. But they'll have plenty of chances to prove themselves this year. So, uh, so yeah. But uh, uh, don't don't let me stop you. Keep it going, Cody. <laughs> I know you have yeah, these next couple about, ones. We're gonna talk about the Mean Moose here out of Alamosa. You know, uh, down where uh, Adam State. You know, is usually the big thing you hear. The great sand dunes but there's a great mean moose team here and they are headlined by the kj squared combo that i'm going to be talking about you know that has uh casey jones as well as Cade jones look um casey he's he's a solid quarterback he has great arm strength he can make all the throws he just gets a little too greedy sometimes so if he can get some more decisions in there but i mean Cade jones this guy's a special receiver He's a very special receiver. He's able to just moss people constantly. His catch radius is gigantic. His arm width is huge. And he has absurd verticality. So, you know, when you have a receiver like that, you're able to get away with some throws. And I think that is going to continue this year. They're going to account for a ton of touchdowns. Then, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, they do have, you know, an incoming junior in Brant Jackson, who is six foot four, 190 pounds and was third on the squad in tackles. And he was also able to bat passes with that massive frame. You know, he's kind of, you know, built to be that modern defensive end. that's just really tall and lengthy, able to get his hands up there. But, uh, you know, you also get uh, Cody Lopez, who was second on the team in tackles for loss. And, you know, Abram Bowden, who also recorded four sacks in only seven games. So, you know, with with an interesting start to their schedule, they have some 3A competition. They have a 1A game. I think that they're going to start off nice and one and one. They're going to be tested by TCA very early. I think that's going to show us, you know, how much of a competitor that they might be. But all in all, I think that they're going to take care of business in their league games and, uh, you know, should be in that five to seven wow. And I think that they could match their six win regular season win from last year. But uh, the defense has to show more against contenders and the quarterback has to play a lot smarter before I would go as far as to call them a heavyweight in 2A um, as far as that goes. And then the offensive line has got to also provide a cleaner pocket for their QB this upcoming season and some better run lanes to be a bit more balanced on O. 
Sorry, I was muted there. Um, yeah. Right at you again. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, absolutely agreed. They have a great duo here. Um, you know, like you said, Cody, Casey Jones, he's a very good quarterback. I think he's a quarterback that could win you a couple playoff games and whatnot. But we got to see a little bit more. You know, they, they got to win more games than they have in previous years. I feel like they're a little bit too talented not to. So uh, there you go. I mean, that's really all I have to say about that. All right. And uh, we're going to keep it rolling here. And I'm going to talk about our next team. Boy, don't don't worry. Simon has a pretty good run of teams uh, throughout this episode as well. So you'll get to hear Coach V's voice plenty. But anyway, it's... Hey, Cody, Cody, Cody. Oh my gosh. Cody. I'm sorry about that to all our listeners and viewers. I know he's kind of breaking up quite a bit there, so we'll see if uh, we could go ahead and stabilize that connection. Oh my gosh. Oof. Okay. Well, that happened. Let me go ahead. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Go ahead and give us a quick minute here. We'll figure this out. Um, and Cody will come back with the next with the next thing here. Let me uh. See if we could get Cody back here. Hello? Can you hear me now? Yeah, you you broke up pretty badly, I'm not going to lie. Alright, well, you definitely restart my timer. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just going to say, just start from the beginning and whatnot. It yeah. was a tough yeah, go. I'm but, going uh, to. This, oh boy. That, I mean, it was, it was bound to happen with the luck we've been having today. But anyways, um, here at our next spot is Moffat County, the Bulldogs. I mean, last year, historic season for them. Most wins that they've had since their nine-win season in 2004, back when they were in 3A, and they did so behind an incredible defense and an even more incredible run game. Now, they do lose their starting quarterback, Ryan Peck, and they also lose some solid players on defense like Ethan Hafey and Carson Miller. But, you know, all but three... All but three players also graduated with caught a pass, but I don't think a lot of that matters because, you know, Ethan has a younger brother, Ian Hafey, 
who, you know, as a sophomore was second in sacks and also collected eight and a half tackles for loss. I think that he's going to fill the void that Ethan left and maybe even be better than Ethan was. So you're going to have that, you know, part of the defense that could take a huge step forward. And, you know, I don't think that there are any question marks around class of 23 cornerback uh, Court Murphy, who recorded five picks last year. And if he can make some plays with those picks, that is, you know, all state potential right there. And then in addition, you have, you know, some class of 24 athletes and Caleb Squires, um, who could be, you know, the Justin Tuck to Ian's JPP, uh, having collected seven and a half tackles for loss in two less games. So, you know, you have a pass rush, you have a secondary on defense, and then you also have the biggest returner almost out of most playmakers in the entire state in Evan Atkin. He ran for 29 touchdowns last year, which I think led the state in touch, touchdowns per game and maybe all of Colorado in rushing scores. He was at least up there. And he also led this team in receiving. And so, you know, I think that whoever steps in at quarterback for Moffitt County, they're obviously gonna have a way easier time with Evan in the backfield. And, you know, he's gonna contribute to a handful of wins, but they are losing, I would say at least a steady quarterback. So looking ahead to their window of wins, I think that, you know, anything below seven and two is inexcusable for the talent that they're returning, but, if their quarterback can get into a rhythm, this is a team that is very dangerous or, you know, at least against some of the competition that they have. This is a team that I think could go 9-0. and um, Look out for them in the regular season. And depending on the balance that they achieve on offense, look out for them in the postseason. Boom. There you go there. Uh, absolutely agreed. I think Evan Atkin, I mean, he's definitely another uh I mean, maybe not another, but like, he's definitely in the running for MVP again. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he carried this team. He is a very talented running back and athlete in general, as you can see from the highlights that have been playing. So, um, yeah, there you go. Time there. for a very long Simon turn. Yes, and I'm okay with that. I've been ready. So let's go ahead and keep this thing going here. Uh, don't want to kill the vibe. At number seven, we got Platte Valley here start the timer so last year went six and three lost in the first round to severance um which was interesting they lost to severance 35 to 7 but this was a team they only lost to 17 to 14 earlier on in the season so we know what they could do and whatnot what they've been able to do here oh my gosh i'm just juggling this stuff um, but, you know, going into this year, they are losing a couple players. Mainly, they're losing a lot of their skill players on offense, a lot of the receivers. They're starting running back. Uh, they're losing a lineman, but they're only losing six of their top 11 tacklers. So, they're returning a pretty good core that was really productive, led by guys like Brody White, Nicholas Burgers, Josh Eagleton. Uh, Brody White and Josh Eagleton, by the way, at linebacker, played as sophomores on varsity last year and were super productive eagleton had 79 tackles also was a sack leader with six and then you had brody white who i believe was the one of the tackle leaders he racked up 97 tackles and three sacks and so that linebacking core is going to be strong uh, you also have a uh, now a senior lineman in nicholas burgers who's gonna go ahead and turn up for this team as well excuse me there but i think the guy that really kind of holds this team together is their quarterback will be a junior quarterback howdy johnson last year had a pretty solid year through for 879 yards 
11 touchdowns, six picks, also rushed for 375 yards and two uh, touchdowns here. I think he's really talented. I like the timing he throws with, the accuracy. He's uh, pretty mobile as well. And so he's going to be able to, you know, bring back some consistency for this offense. And so I think the biggest question for Platte Valley is how well does this offense do without their skill players? We know they're returning their defense and their quarterback, but we'll see how much they'll be able to accomplish this season with the guys they got there. Uh, so, boom. Well done, Simon. And I mean, uh, look, Platte Valley, they're a very consistent program. You're, you basically know what you're going to get out of them. You're going to get a playoff appearance. But uh, like Simon said, how far, how much further can they go with a rotation of skilled players this season? But I mean, you're, you're returning the most important position on the field and uh, something, something defense wins championships. So that's not a bad foundation to be building off of heading into this season. Nope, not at all. And like I said, I'm really interested to see how Howdy Johnson does this year. You could really turn it up for this team. But uh, moving on, though, at number five slash six, we have a tie here at five. And so I'm going to go ahead and talk about La Hunta here first. Let me go ahead and get this stuff set up. So uh, look, last year, little bit of a of, of a learning season I mean they went five and four in the regular season then lost um, to res in the playoffs which they that was a very good resurrection Christian team but had a pretty solid year definitely a lot of learning though um, they're not losing too many seniors here they are losing a running back um, he wasn't their starter he was a backup and then they're losing a lineman but other than that, only losing four of their top 11 tacklers. They're returning the majority of this defense that should be more experienced, uh, led by the likes of Andrew Razo here, uh, who he will be a senior this year. This is his film that is playing, and so he's going to be leading a pretty experienced La Hunta team. But the thing that is really going to, I guess, carry this team into the playoffs and potentially into state is this backfield led by Luke Garner and Jeremiah Martinez. This duo was lethal last year. Luke Garner as a sophomore threw for 689 yards, six touchdowns to five picks. Could clean it up a little bit. I think he will. But he did rush for 771 yards and 12 touchdowns. I think he's going to become a better passer this year while maintaining a lot of that athleticism and rushing ability. But then you got Jeremiah Martinez. As a junior, he ran for 785 yards and 14 touchdowns. Also caught 10 receptions for 174 yards and a touchdown. He is going to be one of the stars in this backfield. In my opinion, he's one of the best running backs in the entire state. Uh, Jeremiah Martinez. You know, just look at some of his plays. I mean, he's super explosive and all that. And so I'm really looking at Garner and Martinez to kind of carry uh, some of the weight of this offense here. Even though, like I said, they are losing some receivers. I think those two guys are going to do enough on offense and gash a lot of defenses while their experienced defense goes to work and hopefully improves this year. So uh, there you go. That is La Hunta. I mean, right there, you just have, you know, important players returning to important positions once again. And uh, that's just a good example of, you know, I, I mean, this was a playoff team last year, obviously. And, uh, you know, one that's just looking to, I mean, look, the team that they lost to is now in 3A, right? 
So I think that's a huge testament to the talent that they lost to last year and uh, the talent that they're capable of, you know, uh, competing with or against somewhat. So, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Severance arguably had one of the top defenses in 2A last year. And so, like I said, going to this year, I'm really looking at Garner and Martinez to tear it up uh, for this team. And then this defense, I mean, they're going to be experienced. And so there's really no reason why. They should be worse than last year. They should at least take a step forward. So there you go there. But moving on, the other team that we have tied at fifth with Lahunta is the Academy out of Westminster. Um, let me go ahead and get the film pulled up here. Boom, boom. So last year had a pretty productive season. I mean, look, the Academy isn't, I don't think it's really known for football like that. And so for them to do what they did last year was a pretty big deal. They went five and four, just barely missed the playoffs. I mean, they had some tough losses at the end against Rez and Severance that kind of, you know, I mean, they kind of hurt them. You know, those were their league games there and they played in a very, very difficult league. I mean, it, it was tough. You know, you have Eden University. It's the Patriot League. And so going into this year, the Patriot League, they are losing some members like Rez and Seven. So that should probably help them out. But also, this is going to be an older academy team here you know they're going to be more experienced here they are losing some guys but they're really only losing three of their top 11 tacklers um they're losing the third leading rusher and third leading receiver that's pretty much it other than that this is who they're returning uh, i mean they're returning isaiah elliott he was an offensive playmaker of the year candidate for us i mean very talented dual threat passed for 1519 yards 16 touchdowns seven picks also rushed for 591 yards and 10 touchdowns. This is his film right here. He's going to be the engine and the heart of this team. And he's going to bring them. I mean, he's going to score a lot of points for them. And get them into a lot of winning positions here this season. But they're also returning Jay Donahue. He was their second leading rusher next to Elliott, who was their leading rusher. And so he's going to be returning. They return their lead receiver, Sean Smith. Um, they return uh, Derek uh, Real, I want to say. He was their second leading receiver, and so you're returning the majority of your receiving core. And on top of that, you have Corbin Miller as a junior. He had 93 tackles, 24 tackles for loss. This year, he should be one of the top linebackers in the state, and so I'm looking at this academy team. They're returning a lot of their skill players, their star quarterback, a great linebacker. They should be dangerous this season, but I think it's going to be more of a matter of seeing who could they could beat. You know, they got to beat some of these top tier teams. We know that they can beat teams that they're obviously better than, but, you know, they got to start punching up here, in my opinion. So there you go. Yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd have to agree that, I mean, look, the Academy has one of the best offenses in 2A football, period. Uh, even looking back to last year, they had one of the best offenses, one of the most dynamic offenses. They're returning a lot of those pieces there. And, you know, their league is a lot easier this year. I mean, they still have to deal with Eaton. But, I mean, you get the benefit of playing a Fort Lufton, you get the benefit of playing a Bertha, you get the benefit of playing, you know, a Faith Christian team that lost a lot of players and Steamboat Springs that was an okay 3A team coming down to 2A. So I think that they're going to be way more competitive in the league and that could be all the difference in them just simply making the playoffs. And, you know, two of the teams that were in the league last year in Res Christian and Severance were the two and six seeds in the playoffs. Those guys being out of the way does make it easier and uh, as well as all your youth taking a step forward, I think that this is definitely a playoff team and one of the higher rated teams. 
so to speak. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, look, they were very young last season. Now they learned some lessons going into this season. It's their turn to deal with some punishment. So we'll see what happens. So there you go. But keeping this thing going here, let's go ahead and move on to number four here. And we got Florence. Uh, last year, they were a 1A team, I believe. Now they are moving up to 2A. And don't get it twisted, even though they are a 1A team moving up to 2A, they are extremely talented. They got a lot of players out here. So I'm not going to talk too much about how last year went. I mean, they only lost two games. Uh, lost to Buena Vista in a close one, 2014. And then in the playoffs, lost to Ray, 36-7. But it's a new year. And, you know, they are losing some guys. Um, like I said, Logan Bottier, he is he moved to Lyman, so he's out of there. He was a very talented linebacker for them as a sophomore. Also, I believe he ran uh, the ball for them, so that's going to be tough. They're also losing one of their lead rushers in Jacob Kennedy. Uh, they're losing John Aguilar, who's another lead rusher. And so they're losing their two running backs, but they are returning a good amount of their defense. Only lost five of their top 11 tacklers. And, you know, they're returning most of their offensive line. I believe they only lost one starter. And so this team's going to be dangerous, led by Levi Paxton, one of the best quarterbacks in the state, one of the best dual threats last year. Threw for 870 yards, 19 touchdowns while rushing for 263 yards and 7 touchdowns. You know, he's going to have to play like a top quarterback in the state for this team to not only contend, but potentially go to state and win state. I think this team has that potential, and they have a very talented quarterback in Levi Paxton who can do that. But we'll see if he could take that step forward. And you also have Lincoln Nix. He was the backup for them. Um... Very big uh, contributor at linebacker with 115 tackles, but he's definitely one of those guys who will be a great two-way player. You have Xavier Martinez, uh, uh, Lukey's Ness, I want to say. Excuse me if I'm saying that wrong. And then you have Josiah Cornwell, 6'4", 215-pound athlete who's a beast at tight end defensive end. They, he's going to be able to put in some work and cause a lot of damage for a lot of teams. Now, really the only thing for Florence here, I just got to see how they fare against 2A talent. I think for sure they're making the playoffs, but how far they go depends on some of the stars they have on this team. They got to lead, you know, straight up. They got to lead. Yeah, and, you know, when I look at this Florence team, this is a team that's been talented every year. I've done film breakdowns of some of their best uh, over the past, you know, couple of years. I'm even thinking all the way back to Owen Busetti, but... Uh, you know, they, they have next level talent. They've been able to do great in the regular season. Postseason, they've underperformed. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they stack up against 2A talent. Uh, like Simon said, I think that talent-wise, they can compete. But what is going on heading into the postseason that causes such a struggle? I don't know. But, uh, you know, that is my biggest question, is if they can get over that hump. For sure. And that's why I said you got to lead, you know. Um, they have been underperforming, and so they not, they're going to play two-way now, and I think they really do have a chance to shock some teams and uh, make a run here. So there you go there. But uh, Cody, do you want to take over from here for at least a segment? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, from from this or at this next spot, it's the number three spot for our PMC rankings, is Delta. This was a two-way team last year, and this was a quarterfinal team with only a quarterback, with only a freshman on her center. Uh, I'm talking about Ty Reed. That's the biggest storyline here. And, uh, you know, the newcomer of the year for us last year, he scored 27 touchdowns, 
through the air and the ground. And, you know, he has a playoff win under his belt. I mean, in the very first round, they really put it to Alamosa like 45 to 10 or 13 or 14, something like that. They put up mad points. And, uh, you know, I think that was heavily highlighted with Ty Reed's performance. And, you know, he's getting a lot of pass catchers back. I mean, Asai Carrillo, Damian Gallegos, Gavin Brew, Connor Workman. Uh, you know, these guys caught 665 of the 1,000 pass yards from last season. So you're getting a ton of guys coming back there. And then I'm also looking at Easton Byer, who is just a game wrecker on the defensive side of the ball. He had six of the team's 15 sacks. And, uh, you know, overall, the team is returning a majority of their sacks. This is something that I look at. Can they have a pass rush? Do they have a run defense? And I think they're going to get all of that. And they also return a ton of interceptions. You know, Gavin Brewer, he's somebody who was able to get interceptions last year. He was tied for second in picks with three, along with class of 24, uh, Ryland Bynum. So, you know, they have talent just oozing all over the place. I just think that this was a very young team last year. And, uh, you know, that can be said with how many sophomore and freshman starters they have. But all those guys are going to be juniors or sophomores this year. And then you have plenty of returning seniors, especially up front in the trenches to, you know, create lanes and also create a pocket for this quarterback that I think is going to take a huge step forward. You know, they have a very interesting schedule. Uh, it actually starts with a week one rematch against, you know, University who eliminated them in the postseason. And I think that, you know, that could winning that game could create a ton of momentum heading into the rest of this season. I could see them, you know, winning uh, four games with a great record in the league. And, uh, you know, my only question is kind of Bayfield in the league. But even then, I think that, uh, you know, those are winnable games. They face the academy, they face the university out of the league. And, you know, even with concerns, I think that they, you know, go 500 in some of their tougher games and all in all end up winning like seven games this season. And, uh, you know, with the youth that they have being one of the best teams in 2A. Sorry, I, I went a little over time, but it's been a while since I talked, so I really had to get my points in there. I wanted to take my time. Give Simon a chance to breathe. No, you're you're all good. Uh, but yeah, no, completely agreed. Um, interesting to see. It will be interesting to see how they replace Horn here. He was a big contributor for them. But Ty Reed, I mean, one of the most talented quarterbacks who played as a freshman last year, not just on this level, but on any level here in Colorado. And so we'll see how far he could lead this team. But Delta, I mean, this is just one of those programs that usually do a good job at replacing players and whatnot. And, I mean, they got some guys returning as well. So there you go. But, uh... I believe Back to you, Simon. it is my turn. Yes, again, at least for these next two here. So let's keep it going here. Don't want to kill any vibes, but we got TCA, the Classical Academy, at number two here. Let me go ahead and pull up some film. All right. So last year, undefeated. Um, until they went to the playoffs and lost sevens in a huge upset where they lost 37 to 20 one and so this is a team that is going to be losing quite a bit of players obviously you had Cade Palmer one of the only uh players on this level to go D1 last year he's over at Air Force he takes 23 touchdowns away with him plus 61 tackles uh you're losing your quarterback Sam uh three-year varsity starter so there you go you're losing Matt Segovia great uh, just a great producer on offense and whatnot and on defense um but Here's the bright side for TCA. They're only losing three of their top 11 tacklers and really should have one of the top defenses 
in the entire state here. I just realized most of this film was out of frame. My bad about that. Um, but they will have one of the top defenses in the entire state, led by Josh Snyder. This linebacker will be a senior, but last year at 105 tackles and 8.5 tackles for loss, he will be um, a defensive leader and one of the captains for this team. So there you go. They're very good against the run. They also have a very talented edge rusher here in Blake Van Tongren. Um, this 6'3", 205 defensive end uh, was a force for them last year. Racking up 43 tackles, three and a half sacks, 10 hurries, looking to, you know, produce more, convert some of those hurries into sacks, which we'll definitely see. And then offensively, I mean, obviously, they're losing Kate Palmer, who they relied on a ton. But they return Ethan Aragundi, who is not quite the same player as Kay Palmer, but he's a little bit shiftier. Look at uh, that comparison between Mason Clunch and Devin Brady. I think there's a lot of similarities there. Blaze is a great linebacker, had six and, six and a half sacks. And so look, this TCA team, they're going to play great defense against you. They're big up front, and then they have a very talented running back who's going to carry for them. He's an absolute star. They play Eden to start the season, and honestly, I believe that is really their only threat this regular season. Other than that, they should go undefeated, but we'll see if things change going into the playoffs because that is the bigger story here. Yeah, they're another one of those teams that uh, just hasn't gotten it done in the postseason. I mean, I think that their best chance was that you know, championship game in spring against Rifle. Maybe they just ran out of gas, you know, playing that spring and fall season. But I mean, historically, they are a team that has fallen short just a bit. I think it's going to take a little bit more creativity and a little bit more daring to push it further into the postseason for a chance to win state. Yeah, no, absolutely. For now, they are ranked here. Like I said, it's on paper. On paper, they look great. They're huge. They got linebackers. They have edge rushers. They have athletes everywhere, you know, on defense. And they have experience, too. Um, and then you have a guy in Ethan Aragundi who got a lot of uh, carries last year, too. So it's not like he's a scrub. He's going to be a bonafide star, probably over 1,000 rushing yards and over 10 to 15 touchdowns. Over that, in my opinion. And so we'll see what happens. But, you know, they got more to prove than anything. Now, if they beat the team that is number one here, then they could really shake things up. And speaking of number one, we have Eden, your two-time defending state champions. No uh, surprises here. No surprises. Last year, extremely dominant. Extremely dominant. Uh, like I said, there were one of two teams in the state last year who went undefeated. As in, they didn't lose in the regular season. They didn't lose in the playoffs. It has been almost two years since they have lost a game. Just keep that in mind. Um, the last time, I want to say, was maybe during the pandemic uh, in 2020. And so, look, this is a team that they might not be as strong defensively as they were last year. But don't get it twisted. They're still returning a stud in Morgan Trebet. By the way, committed to Nevada. Congrats, bud. You know, you deserve it. Uh, I've been talking about Morgan Trebet. I've been saying he's one of the best athletes, not only in 2A, but in the entire state. He's been breaking records as a freshman. He's going to do it this year. And, you know, he has a lot to prove this year. For him, this is a revenge tour. Even though they won state, this is definitely a revenge tour. He was hurt a lot last year. And, you know, obviously he was afforded the ability to sit out games. And he still kind of struggled there. This year, he's healthy, and you should be scared of this guy here because he is an elite pass rusher, so there you go there. Uh, on top of that, you have a stud in Gunner Clary. He was more of a speed rusher last year. Didn't play the entire playoffs because he was hurt. 
going into this year, he's been tearing up the off-season camps. He's been on a lot of colleges' radars, a lot of scouts' radars, a lot of media's radars. He's going to turn up. And so this defense is still going to be good. But offensively, they're going to have a lot of strengths here, led by Walker Martin, committed to Arkansas for baseball, but last year was one of the best quarterbacks throwing for 19 touchdowns, rushing for nine. You also have his favorite target, Zach Grable. He had 10 touchdowns last year. He's returning. You have Tate Smith at tight end, a big old guy. He's returning. Uh, you have Ryder True, who contributed on the ground. He's going to be an excellent linebacker, but also an excellent runner. He's going to be returning. This Eden team is stacked. They're returning basically their entire offense, and they're going to have some guys on defense that are going to get after you until they lose. They are number one. That's just where I'm at. So there you go there. Cody, what you guys say about Eden here? Agree out of 10. You know, go with Eden until they prove you wrong. And, you know, they didn't give us any chances to doubt them this year. I mean, they showed some grit in that championship game uh, where they were down. It was an unfamiliar sight. But, I mean, whatever any team threw at them, they were able to throw it right back. So, I mean, Eaton, uh, riding with them. I am interested to see how Ethan Flores's, uh, Flores's, uh, you know, production does get replaced since he was such a dynamic playmaker on the offensive side of the ball. Not that I doubt that they can, but uh, Ethan was a special player, and that is just one element that won't be back in the fold this season. Absolutely. Well, it'll be replaced by Ryder True and Morgan Trebet. Morgan Trebet, like I said, he was hurt last year, and so he was held out when they can, and so that included offense. He didn't play his normal running back role last year. This year, like I said, revenge year. He's back, you know, and he's looking to take on a lot of those carries along with Ryder True to form a very powerful, uh, like just power running game. So there you go. There. I mean, that's Eden. We'll see what happens, but I mean, someone has to beat him eventually. They're going to lose eventually. And even if they do lose in the regular season, I mean, we'll see what happens in the playoffs, right? So there you go. But let's go ahead and recap our 2A preseason power rankings. At uh, number 10 here, we have Basalt. After that, it goes Alamosa, Moffat County, Platte Valley. At 5, we're tied with the Academy and La Junta. Then at 4, we have Florence, Delta, TCA and Eden. Um, Cody, do you want to go ahead and do your closing remarks here slash talk about your power rankings? Yeah, I'll talk about mine first. So that way I can put in the chat uh, 1A and 2A PMC power rankings while you're explaining your reaction. But I mean, look, we're pretty similar here. Uh, I mean, Basalt and Alamosa, those are uh, my big pushes here. They were right where I ranked them at 10 and 9, respectively. Uh, I did have Moffat County personally ahead of Platte Valley. So, I mean, overall, mine was Eaton Delta at two, uh, just because, you know, they've, they've showed me a lot. Uh, TCA three, Florence four, the Academy at number five because of that offense. Lahunta six, Moffat seven, Platte Valley eight, Alamosa nine, 10 Basalt. Look, it's still Eaton and then everyone else right now, in my opinion. But I do think that Delta personally for me, just with with what they were able to do even with the youth kind of working against them last year uh i'm still looking to them to you know contribute and compete this year and uh you know they were competitive against one of the best two a teams last year um i think you know some teams that some people may be questioning is like oh where's where's the university and uh you know 
they they are still a very talented team. Uh, they're just on the outside looking in with all the talent that they graduated last year. They easily could pop back into this top 10 uh, with some solid wins to start the year. But, uh, you know, I think they have a few more question marks than answers maybe than some of these other teams here, right? So I think that those are the big takeaways. Look, I have the Academy ahead of La Junta personally just because of everything they were able to accomplish on offense last year, even though, you know, at the end of the season, La Junta was in the playoffs and the Academy was not. I think that their offensive upside and their strength of schedule is something to consider when looking back at their season. And then Moffat County, personally, you know, I know that they're ranked number seven on here. I had them ranked at number seven. This is a team that could quietly sneak up into the top five, but uh, they're going to have to be way more balanced. Well, there you go. All right, um, let me go ahead and talk about my stuff here real quick here. So my preseason rankings personally, it went Basalt at 10, Moffat County 9, Alamosa 8, Platte Valley 7, The Academy 6, La Junta 5, Delta at 4, Florence at 3, TCA at 2, Eden at one. Uh, I'm not as high on Delta. I know they have Ty Reed, but they are returning or they are losing some guys. And so I just want to see how they replace them. Uh, but we'll see there. Florence, I feel like they got a lot of talent. That's why I put them over uh, Delta. Same with TCA. I feel like they're a very complete team, returning a lot of guys and obviously Eden as well. You know, now uh, some teams that did just missed out was Devlin here. Uh, they're at 11 for me. I mean, uh, we got to see the quarterback Bushlack. I want to say Austin. He threw a lot this season and uh you know he or this off season so we got to see him develop and whatnot so hopefully he's gotten better i know they like to throw it out there and so if this passing game for them is very good and cleaned up then they could definitely move up into the top 10 uh plus they have fiadanu uh university they just finished outside at 12 uh they're playing logan getting at quarterback we'll see how that goes some questions there. Defense, they got some linebackers, but we'll see. For me, they got to win more games to make it up there. At 13, I got Brush. I know they made it to state last year. They're pretty solid, you know. They got a Ty Griffith out there. They have Kale Stegner. Uh, they'll be able to win some games, and so they could potentially move up. And then I got Manitou Springs and Lamar and Elizabeth here to round out the end here. Uh, like I said, lot could change the season i mean for me at this point teams just got to start winning and um until then i mean as of right now it really kind of doesn't matter because i got eden at number one and until they are beat we'll have to see you know and even then they're not just gonna go away like that this is a team that is looking to three-peat you know they're looking to cement themselves in colorado history so we will see but uh absolutely yeah but Cody, well, I mean, I guess we don't really have any more time. <laughs> I mean, you ready to uh, move on to uh, 3A here? It is going to be a 3A moment for sure here. Okay. And, uh, you know, I think I open us up. So I'm just going to talk about it and uh, then I'll, I'll keep filling in the blanks here in a moment. But, okay. you know, to kick us off here in 3A here at our, you know, quote number nine, but really our number 10 spot is Frederick here. You know, they did change their name to the Eagles this year as a part of that, uh, hey, let's stop being cringe movement. Um, because, yeah, just don't name your team certain things. But anyways, Frederick here, they had a very successful season last year. Uh, nine and one in the regular season, only losing to Holy Family in overtime. Uh, really putting it to Mead 
uh, who is a state runner-up, you know, really put it to them to end their season, get a high seed, put it to Pueblo County. And their season ended against the eventual state champions in Fort Morgan in a very close 21-14 game. Now, they do get a couple of things going for them. You know, you might be freaked out. Oh, no, they lost their coach. Uh, their, their coach isn't there anymore. Well, they do get Ralston Valley's former head coach, who is a wing T enthusiast himself. That's exactly what Frederick's all about. I'm pretty sure that that was the number one thing for them heading into this hiring process is consistency and stability. And so, you know, I think that that's something that they're going to get again this year. And while they do lose a very talented back in Parker Ayers, as well as some very solid talent, you know, uh, Trevin McLean is somebody who is getting it done for them in the trenches. Uh, Alex Austin was somebody who was able to make some catches. You're also getting, you know, um, other big contributors on the trenches. But I mean, look, in a wing tee, you don't have to be. You don't have to be the best blocker. Okay, uh, your like missed block can get hidden in other people's blocks as well as by the other tailbacks that are going to be blocking, or it can be hidden in the misdirection. And they do have two very solid tailbacks returning in uh, Cruz Zamudio, who eclipsed a thousand yards last season, and then also their third string running back, uh, River Lakey. He averaged ten yards per carry. Uh, and also had six touchdowns himself. So there's plenty of experience in the backfield. They also have their leading receiver, who's going to end up being, you know, the uh, security blanket for rollouts this upcoming year. I don't really think losing your quarterback matters all that much when you're a team like Frederick, honestly, who's just a bit of a game manager, and you're going to try and win games the exact same way. So I'm not too concerned about turnover at the quarterback position. And then, you know, they do also return a lineman in Hunter Kenny, who um, and Cooper Anderson, who are both All-State honorable mentions, right? So they still do have talent coming back this year. They're still going to run the ball. They're still going to be Frederick. They're just probably not going to win State. Well, what I, I don't want to count Frederick out just yet here. I mean, they, they did a pretty good job here. I mean, they came close to beating the eventual State champs last year. We'll see. I mean, they have a very similar scheme. Might even do that scheme a little bit better than they had last year like they might be able to perform better you know with this coach coaching them in this scheme and so because uh, he is a talented I mean he's a coach that's won a lot of games is what I should say so uh, there you go we'll see what happens there I mean they got a lot of talent with these teams that love to run the ball and play good defense you really never know you just gotta play them uh, best you could and you know on any given day we'll, we'll see what happens so uh there you go. Yeah. But uh, I think that brings the next team to you, right, Simon? Yes, it does. I'm really excited to talk about this team here. At number nine, we have Severance, uh, the Silver Knights. So last year, obviously, played two-way, but they had one of the most dominant defenses that I've ever seen, you know? Uh, and it's because of one of these guys, Dom Butts here, uh, whose film I'm going to be playing. But, you know, they just had so much talent. Obviously, we lost the brush uh, just short of state. Uh, but, you know, this is a team that is still pretty young, a program that's still pretty young. I believe they're only in their third or fourth year here. Uh, I think this is their fourth year here. And they found a lot of success. They've made the playoffs. They've made deep runs in two-way. In three-way, they're going to be able to make some noise. And I think a lot of that is going to be because of this defense. You have Don Butts here. This 6'5", 235-pound edge rusher is going to be a beast. Last year, uh, he led two-way in sacks. Um, and was one of the, I'm just, uh, he was a sack leader in the entire state. He had 14 and a half sacks and he's going to be tough to block there. You, they're also returning Colby runner. He was a lead tackler as a junior at linebacker. 
124 tackles, 21 tackles for losses, seven and a half sacks himself. You also have Parker Gazdick. Uh, he played linebacker, corner. You know, he had 66 sa uh, tackles, sorry, and seven interceptions, which did lead the team there, I believe. So there you go there. He's going to be a big part of this team, especially since they are losing a stud in Caden Donovan at safety. Um, you also have... Um, I mean, you, you have a Brady Varney as well. As a sophomore last year, he was a beast. He had uh, 13 tackles for losses and 9.5 sacks. By the way, he's 6'5", 220 pounds. And so the two edge rushers for this team are both over 6'4", 220 pounds. You don't see that on many levels. Cherry Creek might have that on the 5A level. They have this on the 3A level. And they're this good. They're extremely well coached. And then look out for the um, brother duo of Jeremiah Hoffman and Jaden Hoffman. Jeremiah Hoffman has been turning it up for TFG. He's one of the best young receivers coming up. Jaden Hoffman, he's going to turn up as a quarterback. This is a severance team that's going to rely on their defense. They're going to be extremely strong, tough to block. And then they're going to have, uh, you know, some guys here on uh, offense are going to do their thing. And plus, I believe they like to spread it out too. So they could cause some mismatch problems. Apologize for going over there, but there is a lot to talk about with this severance team. Um, that honestly, they're really only here because they got, they got to prove themselves on the 3A level. Right, Cody? Yeah, and I mean, like you said, they have the size to do it. I think that one of the biggest things, or one of my biggest takeaways from media day is as you move through classifications, it's more of a question of depth, right? So if somebody goes down, who's up next kind of thing. But I think that Severance has the right coaching and the right next man up kind of mentality that is going to lead to success on the 3A level. Absolutely agreed. They got to win games though. So, uh, I mean, yeah, we will see. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it we'll see on them, but uh, maybe they could be, you know, a program like this one that I'm about to talk about. Talking about Holy Family, one of the most consistent programs, probably in all of Colorado football, uh, you know, constantly flirting with the postseason and, uh, you know, producing studs on both sides of the ball. Granted, they are losing quite a bit this year. I mean, they do lose six of the seven receivers who caught a touchdown and over for over 100 yards including one of our top-rated tight ends, Dom Mazula, who not only was just a fantastic playmaker, but just an overall spark for this team. They're also losing uh, Jacob Lover, who's one of the best playmakers in state last year and, uh, you know, is a next-level guy. Seven of their top 11 tacklers are graduating, including the top four in uh, Brady Samarez, Alex Austin, who led the team in tackles for loss. We did a film breakdown on him. He also led in sacks with 11, Jared Delgado and Dominic Neely. And they also lose a second-team All-State lineman in uh, John Holquest, right? So how can we still have them up here? Well, the returning playmakers are pretty sweet, too. And it starts with Rylan Cooney, who was a very solid quarterback last year. You know, in his sophomore year, he just got better and better each week. The gaps in talent against other teams closed. And I think that, you know, just like most football stories, it starts and ends with the quarterback. And uh, Ryland took some significant strides last year that has me, you know, very confident in this team. They also had a, another class of 2024 guy in Anderson Osborne, who showed flashes with two sacks in five games and another four tackles for loss. And, uh, you know, they do have a non-senior who is in the top five in tackles in Jace Gunderson. So, you know, I think they're going to probably lose a few more games this year. I think there's still a question of how they compete against the heavyweights. But I do think that with the talent that they have at quarterback and, um, you know, 
with just what they are as a program as far as replacing talent that they definitely could be you know in that five and three range and uh you know if the ball takes a couple of good bounces um or at least this is when they had an eight game season scheduled uh they could have gone seven and one so you know project that out over a full season you have a window of wins of basically like five to seven or eight yeah no absolutely i mean Look, Holy Family is just one of those teams that have always been pretty good, pretty solid. And, you know, with this young quarterback in Ryland Cooney, I think they could really turn it up and uh, win a lot more games. I mean, they're going to be a more experienced team. I think last year they were, uh, you know, they, they were a little bit green at some areas. Now, uh, real quick, though, shout out to Jacob Lover and uh, Alex Austin. Met those two homies over the summer. Wished them the best of luck. Saw them off to college. So they're going to do their thing there. Um, and they will be missed. But, you know, this Holy Family team, they got a lot of good players. I think at this point, I mean, we just got to see how they fill the roles of some of the seniors that really stepped up last year with this young team. So, um, yeah, there you go. Right, Cody? Is that is that fair to say at least? Yeah, you know, I, I think that they had a good balance of experience in green. But they're going to be less green this year than they were last year. For sure. Absolutely. So there you go there. And, uh, you know, a team that I think enters the season, uh, you know, they didn't end their season ideally, but they're going to enter it red hot, I think, with uh, all the offseason lifting that I've seen some of these guys do, as well as, you know, just what they were able to do last year is uh, Palisade. I mean, look, um, they... They challenged themselves. They played some 4A talent. Uh, you know, they played against the spring defending champ and rifle. And, uh, you know, they had some big wins against some very solid teams. And they were able to score like crazy. And, you know, they do lose uh, some They lose some talent for sure on this squad. I think mainly on the defensive side of the ball. I'm looking at Kevin Sorgren, who's going to Wyoming. He was a D1 guy. And, uh, you know, you also have... Uh, Aaron Harris, who is an all-state caliber player on the offensive side of the ball, and uh, Franklin Barks, right? So all these guys, they're very solid. But, I mean, they're returning the majority of their playmaking from last year. You look at uh, Malachi Espinosa. You look at Rhett Ward. Those guys, and, uh, you know, Phelan uh, Salvati, all their big rushers from last year return, and they are huge. I mean, they have been up some insane weight for their size and frame i think they're going to be even more aggressive this year this team was running all over the gridiron last year and i think that's something to expect again this year i mean look rhett ward he was a great linebacker averaging 11.3 tackles per game but he was also responsible for 836 yards and uh you know eight touchdowns on the offensive side uh phelan salvati look he's a guy who cracked a thousand yards double digit touchdowns he ripped off a long run of 76 yards so they got the size they got the strength they got the power they got the cardio they have some offensive linemen who are returning they're not losing everybody and then uh, malachi espinosa who was a multiple playmaker of the week kind of guy uh eclipsed the 100 yard mark he broke a thousand yards rushing he ran for 20 touchdowns and uh you know look he's if he can take a step forward passing and they can just have a little bit more of a dimension that's okay but i mean all in all this is a team that is just going to run over a bunch of people but the reason that they're this far back in power rankings is they just have a really tough schedule this year um compared to last year and i think a lot of teams took a step forward but uh until they lose those games they're gonna remain in my top 10 
Oh, so I just realized. Yeah, for sure. I okay, my bad. I <laughs> I was I was muted. I was muted uh, on the stream. So I'm just gonna say this real quick here. <laughs> Cody heard How everything are you muted I said. On the stream? Um, because I, I'm messing around with the settings. I'm, I'm the producer of this stream right now, so I kind of got a lot going on. But I just wanted to say, look, got a lot of backs that are returning. They're going to have a dangerous rushing attack. You know, they have a couple thousand yard rushers. They're probably going to rush over 2,000 yards as a team. Probably approach that 3,000 yard mark here. So we'll see what happens. But I think my biggest question is just saying, can this defense improve despite losing a very talented linebacker in Kevin Sorgren? We'll see. You know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but it's this is just one of those teams that could be really dangerous. Wouldn't be surprised if they made a brush-like run to state. So just going to throw that out there. So there you go. Yeah, uh, you get a very interesting uh, three-team run here, Simon, with a couple of uh, Cody interjections in between. So I hope you're ready. Yes, I'm. Well, I'm as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> so let's just keep it going here. At number five, we have another tie here. I feel like we have a lot of ties here in the middle, at least so far. But we got Durango at thirteen. Look, they won state last year, or sorry, two years ago now. Uh, felt like it was just last year though. And they had some guys, despite losing, you know, some key players like Jordan Wolverton, Ben Finneseth. Um, this year, they're or this last year, they were pretty good. Went eight and two uh, in the regular season, nine and three in general. Played some pretty tough teams here, uh, including Montrose, who was the one seed in four A, Farmington, um, and then you know they did lose to Mead, who did go to state, and so lost to some good teams. But this was a very talented team that kind of just suffered with some injuries. Now they're losing a lot of size, a lot of skill players. Uh, Nate Messier. Or Messier, sorry. Uh, he was the second leading rusher. That's going to be a pretty tough loss here. They're losing Jordan Stanley, who was a pretty uh, versatile athlete. Uh, linebacker Cole Matava. They're losing Lineman and Walter Stauffer and Will Knight, who are going to be big losses up front for them, both on offense and defense. Then they're losing Chase Robertson, who was their starting receiver, but also have three picks. Altogether, they're actually losing seven of their top 11 tacklers. And so... Look, it's not looking great on defense, but on offense, they're returning some guys here, including probably the best line, one of the best linemen in the entire state, uh, best interior lineman, at least as of right now, in my opinion, Joshua Bates. He's committed to Oklahoma. Check out the interview if you haven't yet. He is a nasty player. His highlights are playing right now. He's going to anchor down a very young line, and so I have a lot of faith in him to figure it out, get it done, not only as a player, but as a teacher as well. But then you have a backfield with Zachary Haber, uh, who had 1,358 rushing yards, 19 touchdowns last year, also caught for 300 yards. And you have Tyler Harms, who started last year at quarterback. You know, this is a duo that could really turn up and produce a lot of them. I also want to shout out uh, Jarek Baruch, I want to say, who will probably be a second back for them, and A.J. Folk, who is 6'2", 215, who could be a very dangerous edge rusher for Durango. Uh, look, placing a lot, but their offense should be good, and that should be enough for them to win a lot of games. Bigger question, though, is how good will this defense be since they are a little inexperienced, a little green here. You know, we'll see how well they do if they could also carry their weight. Um, so, yeah. What's the point of the timer if you go over every time, Coach V? No, I'm just I'm, kidding. I'm over um, here, but sorry. I'm just, I'm just joshing with you. Look, uh, Durango, 
look, those losses that you stated, they aren't only big in impact and experience. They are literally big. Like, Stoffer was a giant out there, okay, on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Size has got to be one of the hardest things to replace. And uh, while they still do have some size, they are just losing, you know, good depth for sure. Uh, this Durango team was one that struggled with injuries uh, for patches of the season last year and even heading into the end of the season. So, you know, depth does matter in that regard as far as health goes. And so, you know, I think that that is my biggest question is how healthy are they going to be this year? Because I think when healthy and uh, everything's clicking, they're right there as far as the state contender goes. And, uh, you know, I I even think last year losing to Meade show in how close of a fashion they did in the postseason shows that they are still, you know, a contender for sure. Um, but, you know, they just – there's definitely some question marks on defense – but, uh, you know, I think that their skill players can have them keep their spot in the top 10 throughout this season. I think that's a good opinion to have for Durango. But, no, uh, for sure. Kenan, back to back to you. <laughs> well, yeah, no, for sure. Definitely agreed. I mean, they do have some holes they got to fill. We'll see how they do it. I mean, they have a great coach over there in Todd K. Spear. So I'm sure they could figure it out. Still got a good court, too. So there you go. But moving on to the other team that is tied at five is Lutheran, actually. And uh, on my personal rankings, I had them ranked a lot higher than five. We'll talk about that later, though. Let me go ahead and start this timer and get the film pulled up. But uh, last year, I mean, you know, went undefeated all the way until the playoffs were. Unfortunately, they came up just short here. Um, I mean... They lost to, I believe they lost to Fort Morgan, uh, who eventually won state. So it's not a bad loss, but it was a very uncharacteristic loss. They never really played that sloppy before. And so it was just kind of an off day. And so they are uh, graduating some guys like Clayton Jacobs, Doran Pacheco, Bryce Johnson, Ari Jacobs, uh, all guys who are playing on the next level uh, or who should be playing on the next level because they are that talented so they're losing some core guys there uh dorian pacheco by the way playing both ways they're also losing brody donahue cole ryrick ryan allen um even though it sounds like a lot they're only losing six of their top 11 tacklers on defense which isn't a lot and then on offense i mean who this is who they're returning they're returning ryan kenny his highlights are playing now he is a very explosive guy as a rotational back he ran for 750 yards and 11 touchdowns while also playing linebacker and racking up 76 tackles. I mean, just look at the film. Bro's an electrifying running back. He's going to be able to carry for this team as they figure out their passing game. Now, speaking of their passing game, they do have Jaden Williams, uh, who... I believe is going to be one of the top tight ends in the state. Uh, did really well playing for the Ducks uh, 7v17 this last year. So I think he's going to turn up. You also have the CCO brothers, Trey and Joe, both made our watch list. I think they're very shifty guys as well. That will complement Jaden Williams really well. And then the guy who is going to replace Clayton Jacobs is Riken Doggard. And he looks really good in offseason stuff so far. We'll see if he will continue to develop here. Also want to shout out the linebacking core, um, including Peyton Garrett for this team. Uh, they're going to be dangerous. Luthan loves to use their linebackers. And so even though they are losing a lot, I mean, they're going to be fast, you know, at linebacker. And then they have a very nice core here who could turn up for them and could put up similar numbers. Maybe not the same, but similar numbers. So we'll see about that. Plus, they're very well coached. 
Man, I keep going over. I'm trying really hard not to, but I'm I'm just lacking just a you little gotta, bit. You gotta be like an auctioneer. You gotta be like an auctioneer. We're testing Simon's uh, communicative skills today. But, uh, you know, this Lutheran team, very solid football team. I believe in their program. I think they're going to be really good this year. Um, like Simon said, lots of skill position. And Simon, what was the... Are they trying to run a play every 12 seconds? 10 seconds? Something like that? It's under 10 seconds. Under 10 seconds. Okay, so under 10 seconds, they want to get a playoff. I think that they are coached to do that. And I think that, you know, they have some offensive talent that, uh, you know, is going to make that very possible. But, you know, they end up tied for this fifth spot uh, just because I am a little concerned. Well, not concerned, but I just have to see the quarterback pads in action before I personally warrant a higher rating which I think is fair gonna throw this out there Riken isn't exactly the same rusher as Clayton Jacobs is but I, I mean I'm just gonna say as a passer a lot of good things out here so we'll see I mean look I think this offense is gonna be explosive they run that spread and they do it just as good as any team in the state while having a good rushing game because I think there are some teams that run the spread but they have a horrible rushing game <laughs> They, Lutheran has always had a pretty good rushing game, though, so we will see. They got a lot to prove, and I'm hoping to make it out to a game, so there you go. But, uh, yeah, I mean, let's keep this thing going, though. I believe All right, it's... for real two minutes on one of the teams that returns the most talent in the entire state. Good luck, Coach V. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how this goes, but at number four, we have Green Mountain. Let me go ahead and start the time and get the film here. Uh, they are returning basically everybody. They're literally losing only two seniors on their entire roster, which was a big deal, you know, because this was a team that only lost to Fort Morgan in the playoffs 14-0. to Now, they did go 6-4, and four, had a really up-and-down season, uh, including, you know, Times where uh, they would blow out a team like a 4A team or beat them, and then they'd lose barely to like a Pueblo South 23 to 21, get blown out by Holy Family 28 uh, 6, and then they went on a little bit of a run here at the end. But this is going to be a very talented group that challenged the state champs from last year, and so they got guys here. And so I'm going to keep it pretty. Oh, here, I just realized the film isn't playing. Gosh dang it. But I'm going to keep it pretty simple here. I mean, the film that you are seeing right now is Donnie Carney. Uh, the 6'5", 225-pound uh, tight end did get offered by Northern Colorado, so he is that guy. He also plays defensive end and outside linebacker. He's going to be part of a stout defense that's going to give a lot of teams trouble. You know, I think this was a pretty young team last year. They showed flashes of greatness. This year, they're going to take a pretty significant step forward, uh, and Carney's going to be part of that. Another guy who's going to be part of that is Anthony DeGrazia. Uh, I believe he was an All-State Honorable Mention. I mean, he did his thing at cornerback, had 44 tackles, 4 picks as a junior. He's going to be returning for this team. And then something that's going to be real notable is the rushing game for this uh, squad. They're returning Dom Sanchez, Noel uh, Dakers, Dakers, I want to say, and Zach Wallace as well, who had some rushing. I mean, this backfield, they were really productive last year. They like to run the ball a lot, and then they'll throw it every now and then, but they like to run the ball and play good defense. This is going to be a dangerous team because of how much they're returning. They have a ton of experience. They played together for a while. We'll see what happens. Um, 
But yeah, and it's not like they can't throw it either. Like I said, they have a big old tight end who obviously, as you can see here, they throw to plenty. Yeah, I mean, I was sold on this team when you talked about just like the stability that they have returning at everywhere on the field, honestly. But especially in that backfield, you know, it's really easy to kind of transition when you have proven guys in the backfield and proven guys up front, you know, because then you can rely on your offense to get five yards every play, eat up some time on the clock. And that makes everyone's job easier, much less that you have as many players returning as you do. So I feel, I feel the Green Mountain vibes. There you go there. Yep, absolutely. I think they'll be, I mean, they'll be dangerous. They could definitely make a run here. I mean, really all these teams in the top 10 could really make a run. 3A is competitive. Yeah. 3A is probably the closest com like level of competition. Uh, one through ten here, and I'd even say that there's an eleventh and twelfth team that uh, you know might have a chance as well. But, oh, absolutely, uh, we'll talk about that later, though. Yeah, we will. But for now, we're going to talk about one of my favorites to win state, and that is going to be Northridge. I mean, this was a team that exceeded our projected wins by one, which got them so hyped. But uh, you know, last year they're very solid, and uh, you know they competed against you know some heavyweights. And, uh, you know, they they lost some very close games uh, against Fort Morgan and Meade by a combined negative four margin. And I think that that's a great, you know, call sign that they're going to be great this year. They're going to be returning their quarterback under center, Cooper Rose, who, you know, um, he threw twice as many scores as he did picks. So that's a good start. But then they also have lead running backs, Isaac Ness and Damon West return following a season in which they ran for a combined 19 touchdowns and over 1700 yards so tons of production in the backfield but what good is the running backs if the line isn't returning well don't worry they have some solid linemen returning you're getting parker steckle back who is also very good on the defensive side of the ball as a linebacker you're getting cody burkholder who is an all-state honorable mention at center you're getting dylan suji you're getting chris phil back you're getting a lot of very solid linemen back, as well as some receivers. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? I realize you can't see me, but yeah, I could I, I could hear you. You're good. You can hear me? Does it sound fine? Yeah, it sounds fine. Keep going. Okay, I get a little bit of an extension. But I anyways, uh, I mean, uh, they're also returning some very solid receivers. I mean, you're getting Reed Peterson and Marquez, who are all, you know, the top three receivers there. So you're getting basically your entire offense back outside of, what, two linemen and maybe some guys who had some rushing yards. That's fantastic. You're also getting, you know, Steckle on the defensive side of the ball had 119 tackles. Over half of them were solo at 61. And, you know, he was just a game wrecker. And I think that he's somebody who's not only going to be in contention for our top five, you know, senior linebacker list, but he's a potential defensive playmaker of the year candidate uh, over there in the middle for Northridge. Then in addition to that, uh, Damon West and Jaden Marquez were guys who led the team in interceptions with two. They're both going to be coming back. And, uh, you know, I think that's something that you can't count on as much for Northridge this year is that they did recover a ton of fumbles. They recovered 12 fumbles last year, which is kind of unheard of. Uh, so I think that those are going to take a dip. So they're going to have to find ways to force turnovers in other ways, as well as force other teams to punt. But I mean, just very talented on both sides of the ball. They are losing, you know, a couple of turnovers and a couple of tackles here and there. But ultimately, I think that with the progression that they showed last year, as well as the returning talent that they have coming back into the fold, they are in that discussion 
as far as teams that, you know, should make it past the first round of the playoffs and should be in that semifinal round, arguably. Yes. Uh, hey, real quick, shout out my boy Chris. Shout out my boy Coach Garza over at Northridge and whatnot. My dogs. Uh, <laughs> had to. Look, this Northridge team, they got a lot of talent. And I've been saying it, like, even in my prediction last year, you know, I said this is a team that could contend for state this year. And I just want y'all to think about this. When was the last time a Greeley team not only went to state but won it? This is a team that could definitely win it, you know. The experience they have up front, they're going to be good. Uh, they're well coached. They have a lot of chemistry together, so they'll be great. Uh, the skill players are good. You're returning a quarterback in Cooper Rose who had experience last year. He should be able to step up. You're returning an all-state linebacker in Parker Steckle as well. You know, this is a team that is pretty complete. I'm not even going to lie. Now, they're going to get challenged this season. We're going to get a better vibe on this team once we uh, see them play. And I will actually be at the Evergreen versus Northridge game. Um, I should be going to that game uh, for sure. So there you go. Just wanted to throw that out there. Really excited to see how this Northridge team does. So yeah, Good spot for transition, Simon. Oh, it's an excellent spot for transition. Because at number two, well, technically tied for number one, which is the only tie we have at number one, is Evergreen. Let me go ahead and start the clock here and get the film here. Look, Evergreen last year made the playoffs. You know, this was a team that uh, we thought maybe might have had a little bit of a rebuilding year because they are losing. They lost their guy, Griffin Lortano, plus a lot of skill players. Um, but they found a guy in Tommy Poholski. And look, I'm just going to be honest. They're not losing a whole ton. They're losing five of their top 11 tacklers, a lot of their secondary other than that, they're returning basically everybody. But like I said, let me start with Tommy Poholski here. Um, as a first-year starter, was pretty impressive. Passed for 1,961 yards, 21 touchdowns, 5 picks. Also had 4 touchdowns on the ground. You know, he will be losing his top 2 receivers. Uh, and so they might not have as much experience there. But I'm, I'm sure he's going to help them figure it out. He's the leader of this team. He's the quarterback. You know, so I'm not super worried. They are returning their leader, ru leading rusher in Gabe Zimmerer. Um, he had 784 rushing yards, 5 rushing touchdowns, also caught for 228 yards and 2 touchdowns, and racked up 44 tackles. He should be able to, you know, relieve some of the stress they might have there, you know, um, with the lack of pass catchers. I mean, he'll be returning, he'll be a safety blanket, plus he provides a run game. And speaking of this run game, they got some big boys, including Russ Woodward, who is going to be one of the best offensive tackles in the entire state period. He's also a beast at defensive end. You know, 6'6", 240 pounds, hit a massive growth spurt. Uh, you know, he had a solid junior year, 70 tackles, four and a half sacks. This year, he's going to be an absolute monster. Already earned a D1 scholarship for Eastern Washington, I believe, to play tackle. So he is that guy. You also have Jordan Turnbull. I think he's somebody they could... Probably include a little bit more in the passing game. He's 6'4", 210. He's a very good athlete there. And so he could be a mismatch. Plus, he's uh, coming off the edge as well. And so he is going to be part of one of the most deadly pass rushing duos. Also got a shout out Jack Johnson at linebacker. Had 114 tackles. This Evergreen team, they are very complete. They got pass rushers. They have a linebacker. They have a running back. They have a quarterback. I mean, at this point, they just got to win games, I think. They just got to win games and really prove themselves here. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, look, 
Uh, I watched uh, Tommy Boholsky's film, uh, broke it down. I addressed some things that he has to get done. But I mean, ultimately, we got to see what these other pass catchers have. Because I mean, historically, things that held back Griffin Loritano was uh, pass catchers and drops. Things even looking at Tommy Boholsky's film that I think held him back last year was drops. Uh, so we just got to see that get bridged. And we got to see the gap get bridged against some other contenders. You know, against other contenders last year, uh, I mean, they had a pretty tough season. They had some, you know, internal things going on that definitely infected it. Um, so, I, but I think against other contenders, it could get a little rough at times. Uh, so we'll just see how they do this year against that competition and uh, see how they stack up. But I mean, look, quarterback and pass rush, that, a formula that simple has won championships before. So not to mention everything else that you, that you have in tow for the Cougars. That could be a pretty good season. They got a running back too, so, so yeah. there you go. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely see. I mean, I feel like they've they just haven't quite got over that hump. I think this might be their year, though. So, like I said, I'll be at that Northridge Evergreen game. But uh, Cody, do you want to talk about the other team tied for first? This isn't the only time you've had two different teams at number one, at least here in three A. So. There you go. Well, the only other time has been in 3A last year, but go ahead, Cody. Well, if you know me, you probably saw this coming from a mile away. I'm going to talk about the Roosevelt Rough Riders. Look, every year, look, they graduated a ton of talent. I'm not even going to say that they didn't. Brock Saya was a phenom as a one-year starter last year, only throwing three picks to 32 touchdowns. He was dangerous. They lose Keaton Kaiser. They lose Cooper Walton, who's going to Montana. He was a top five linebacker. They lose Clayton Robinson, who was, and uh, Jaden Castlewood Nueva. Oh my Lord, I'm stumbling over that for literally no reason. But they're losing two guys who were in the backfield plenty last year. Jaden was especially good as a pass rusher and also had plenty of tackles for loss. So they're losing some serious talent on defense. They're also looting, losing their uh, leading pass defender um, in uh, Jaden Botterell, who had five interceptions. He had 162 INT return yards. 11 of their total 18 interceptions are graduating. And, you know, in the trenches, they do lose uh, first-team All-State lineman Alex Ariola, uh, who is integral in plowing open lanes and keeping the quarterback upright. So why in the heck do we have them tied for number one? And why do I personally have them at number one? Well, because they have plenty of talent coming back. Look, uh, class of 2024, Bronco Harrison, uh, Hartson, I don't know why I said Harrison, Bronco Hartson, younger brother of Brick Hartson, by the way, uh, was absurdly efficient last year in his limited action, going 12 of 16 for 221 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Look, he, he's had plenty of years to learn, which at the quarterback position is just so important and vital. So he knows his offense probably inside and out from his older brother, from sitting behind uh, Brock last year. I think that he's going to deliver. He's got good size. He's very athletic, versatile, and tough. Look, he he's played defensive line. So when you got a hard-nosed quarterback look like that, and there's a first down that needs to be got, and he takes off, there's probably very few defenders in this entire state that are going to make that tackle. Not to mention leading rusher Ryan Duche is going to return. Not to mention our 3A most valuable playmaker, Tucker Peterson, who's one of the best playmakers in the entire state on any level, any classification. You have him coming back to the offense and defensive side of the ball. You have guys returning to the line. I'm looking primarily at like first team, all state, 
guys like Anthony Munoz, not to be confused with the legend, but could be Roosevelt's equivalent to the legend, I guess. And I just think that the team that I heralded last year is just returning a ton of talent on offense. You know, last year I was high on how, how much they're returning on defense. I think that they're returning enough on offense to be a contender. And I think that this season could be another 10-0 and season for them in the regular season with a window of wins between 9 and 10. It's just can they get that monkey off their back in the postseason? Agreed. Uh, hey, Tucker Peterson, our only receiver MVP ever because um, we've only done awards one year and he was the only one to win it as a receiver so that's but, huge i i don't even know if it'll happen again honestly might like, happen this big. year but we'll i we'll mean see. he'll he'll be in the running for sure you know but yeah. hey look this roosevelt team i mean i we'll talk about our personal rankings here in a minute i didn't have them at number one but i had them pretty dang close you know, I need to see how Bronco Hartson does and some of these younger guys, but they're returning a pretty good core here, you know, and I think something that Ryan Doucet said, um, is it Doucet? Doucet? I apologize if I'm I saying that wrong. Doucet, but... Okay. Well, something he said at Media Day was that, you know, last year they had a lot of talk, you know, they had a lot of talk. This year, he's he, they want to be about it, you know, and I think this is a team that could definitely be about it. This is a team that could definitely go to state. They could definitely win state and... I wouldn't be surprised. You know, there's a reason we keep uh, we keep picking them. I mean, they're very well coached. Shout out to Coach uh, Lane Wassinger. Yeah, Wassinger, I want to say, right? I uh, got to meet the guy at Media Day. Real nice guy, cool guy. Fantastic coach, you know. Uh, coach is a great team out there. And so we'll see what happens with Roosevelt here. But regardless, you could probably count on them being a top five team um, this entire year. I don't even think that's that crazy of a thing to say they are the definition of a powerhouse here on 3a by the way uh i think i actually had them beating a 4a or 5a team um in highlands ranch so there you go yeah i mean let's let's keep this thing going here uh let's go ahead and look at the overall rankings we have because why not but you can talk yours real quick and how it was different Okay, sounds good. Well, just real quick, uh, just to recap, our 3A preseason power rankings. At number 10, we have Frederick. After that, it goes Severance, Holy Family, Palisade. At 5, we have a tie with Lutheran and Durango right there. Then we have Green Mountain at 15, Northridge after that. And then we have a tie at number 1 with Roosevelt and Evergreen there. Uh, here, let me go ahead and start the clock here. Um, my personal rankings went Frederick at 10, Holy Family at 9, Severance, Palisade, Durango, Northridge at 5, Roosevelt at 4, Lutheran at 3, Green Mountain at 2, and Evergreen at 1. I'm just going to be real. All 10 of these teams could probably go to state and win it. And I would not be surprised. Look, 3A is extremely tough. You cannot just be one-sided. You cannot just have a good offense. You know, you got to have some defensive playmakers. You cannot just have a good defense. You have to have at least a couple running backs, not just one or two if you're going to run it, but you got to have a you got to have a stable, you know. And so to win the 3A state championship, it's all about who is going to be the most complete team straight up. 
You know, and uh, real quick, I want to talk about some other teams that are just outside that I wouldn't be surprised if they made the top 10 and maybe even made a run. You know, but for me at 11, I have Pueblo South. Then you have George Washington at 12. They have a fantastic duo of uh, Marcellus Honeycutt Jr. and Silas Evans. Both D1 guys have the offers for it. So there you go. At 13, you had Meade, who was literally in state last year. They have a stud in Sean Mentlock. Plus, they're huge up front as usual. You know, nothing really changes there. You know, they, they got some guys. So there you go. They're just... Not as complete as they were last year, obviously. At 14, you have the newcomers in res. I think they're going to make the playoffs this year. Now, I have questions about what they're going to do on offense. We'll see about that. Defensively, I think they'll be tough. At 15, I have Discovery Canyon. They have a great quarterback uh, and running back duo in uh, Trevin Alessio and Ethan Emmons. We'll see if the defense can pick it up. They looked pretty weak against me last year. And at 16, I have Fort Morgan. Uh, got a lot of new guys in there. And I think, you know, they'll be able to make some noise. I just don't know quite yet. There's a lot of proving that has to be done here in 3A. Just going to be honest with you. This is probably the toughest rankings that not only I've had to do, but Cody, I'm sure you've probably had to do. Uh, Anthony Garcia has told me he's really struggled with this as well. By the way, check out Mile High Prep Report. Um, we'll have um, media power rankings that we do with other guys there. You know, and so this is really tough. But uh, Cody, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I went a little bit over there to uh, plug something and talk. But yeah, I should get two and a half minutes on every single one of mine. Go but for it. Anyways, um, yeah, no. For for my top ten, I'm just gonna run through it real quick. Roosevelt number one, uh, Northridge number two, Durango number three, Evergreen four, Green Mountain five, Lutheran six. I think especially with these top six teams, it's pretty interchangeable, honestly. Um, so, you know, I'm not too pressed and it averaged out, I think, pretty respectably here. Um, then Simon and I were on the same page, at least with back four teams, as far as Palisade, Holy Family, Frederick and Severance. That was my order. His order was a little different. But I think that teams to talk about outside the top 10. Look, Mead, really tough up front. I think that, uh, you know, they're a team that might take it personally. And I took that personally. Being outside the top 10, there's somebody that can swing their way right back into your... Uh, George Washington's another good one. Pueblo South's another good one. But one that, um, you know, I think could even go as far as taking Palisade's spot on this list, depending on how they perform this year. And one that I don't think I've thrown enough respect on here is Summit. Uh, Summit is returning a very solid quarterback in Jack Shearholtz, I believe is how you say it. They have an absolute beast on their defensive line. And uh, overall, they're returning a lot of skill players here. And I think that they have a schedule where they're going to get chances to prove themselves. They got a game against Durango on the road. They get to play Palisade. And they get to play uh, Glenwood Springs is another team in 3A that I think could make some noise both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Uh, not any of those teams really in any particular order. But, I mean, those are all teams that just have great athletes and the ability to make big plays. And I think that they were teams that were, like, maybe a player two away from making the postseason last year, especially Glenwood and Summit. And, uh, you know, I think that they have the experience to flip the script and uh, make that push this year potentially and, uh, you know, squeeze some of these teams from last year out. But, like I said, Roosevelt, number one for me for the time being. Northridge, two. Durango, three. Evergreen. Green Mountain for my top five. Lutheran easily could be in the top five. You could swap them out, uh, I think, six through three, honestly. And then Palisade, Holy Family, Frederick, and Severance. That's 3A. Valid. Yeah, no, that's 3A. Like I said, 
it's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of moving up and down. A lot of teams will get shots at each other. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'd be really surprised if this top 10 stays the same. I'm, I'm almost positive a couple teams will drop out and go in. Uh, just going to be honest. Like I said, you have to be a complete team. You have to play a complete game to be successful on the 3A level. You know, having a bad game means you lose straight up. There's no team that's that much better than the other uh, that'll make the playoffs. So, there you go. But, uh, golly, 3A. I'm super excited. I can't even lie. I'm excited for this season. But 3A just kind of gets your blood pumping a different way. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. 3A is just competitive. It is. But, I mean, uh, you know, there's going to be some competition on this 4A level as well. And Simon, if you don't mind, I'd like to start off because otherwise I'm going to do three teams in a row. Is that okay with you? Yeah, you could do it, I guess. Okay, cool. So we have two teams here at uh, the number 10 spot, and I'm going to be talking about Skyline, one of the more intriguing teams last year. And, you know, they made it to the playoffs last year despite, you know, a lot of injuries, a lot of emotional turmoil in the community, and just a lot of new faces in a lot of ways. Uh, they do see some pretty large linemen leaving on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I'm looking at Caleb Allen, who is six foot four, 320 pounds. I'm looking at uh, Tony Munez, who is uh, 210 pounds. So losing some size here. They're losing a great athlete in Win Drews, uh, you know, who was a thousand yard rusher. But, uh, you know, they do have plenty of opportunities to turn up this year. I think that uh, they do return their top two tacklers in uh, Maddox Leggett and uh, Evan King. Evan King is a phenomenal safety, by the way. you got to take a look at his film. He's very athletic. He can cover the entire field. But, you know, I think that for this Skyline team, something that is going to put them in the conversation is their offense, right? You see a guy like Caden Box who was solid last year, missed some time due to some injury, also was a little hot and cold, but I think is able to iron out a lot of his timing things with the seven-on-seven -seven work that he did this year. And he also has a great, great pass catcher in uh, Logan Miller, who was just a great offensive weapon last year. I mean, ran for, or caught for 620 yards, ran for 470. He he threw for 420 yards, so there's nothing that Logan Miller can't do, which just opens up your offensive playbook so much as far as things that you could do with the talent that you have there. They also do have, you know, some guys who saw some action. I'm looking at Emilio Gaitieres, who saw some action at at center as a sophomore. Uh, he needs to take some steps forward. So, you know, this is a line that has like splotches of experience from last year. And, uh, you know, if they put in the work this offseason, like everyone else does, and just with, like, time and chemistry, I think that they can really mesh together heading into this season and provide Skyline with a very solid season. Dang, right on time. There we go. Uh, hey, absolutely agreed. I absolutely love this duo of Caden Box and Logan Miller. They're going to produce a lot. You know, and Caden Box... Uh, he's he's come a long way. I mean, obviously, he was hurt last year, so you could take that film with a grain of salt, what you're watching right now, which is still pretty good. But, you know, he has improved a lot this offseason, uh, made the team full gorilla team, and he's performed very well. I've really only heard only good things from his coaches, from people around him, from people who watch him, and so I'm really excited uh, for him for this year, along with his guy, Logan Miller, and the rest of this team. Now, 
they <laughs> they have some filling out to do on this team for sure. But if you want to see good football, a good duo, look at Box to Miller. And that's it. And we'll be going to that game. Um, not tomorrow, but in two days on Thursday when they play another team that will be on this list. We'll talk about that a little bit later, though. But uh, they got a do of their own, and that'll be extremely exciting. And so, arguably yeah. the strongest arm in the state. Arguably. Yes, no, arm. for sure. I I really have no doubt about it. I think him and uh, another quarterback whose uh, <laughs> team is on this list are, are, like, right there. So there you go. But... Let's keep this thing going. Like we said, we was tied at uh, at 10 here. So the team, the other team here at 10 is Montrose. Let me go ahead and talk about them real quick here. Pull up the film too. So last year, I feel like was a little bit of an unexpected uh, season. Maybe not, well, obviously not for them. But, you know, they went undefeated. They were the number one seed in 4A. And they played a lot of tough teams here before losing an extremely close game to Erie. It was a comeback uh, win for Erie for them. And just barely not making the playoffs. <sighs> this team is losing quite a bit. Um... They're losing over 2,000 rushing yards between Ethan Hartman, Austin Griffin, Gabe Miller. Um, I guess that's it. But between those three guys, you had 2,000 rushing yards because Hartman had 1,138. Griffin had 987. Then Miller had 438. And this is a team that loves to run the ball. They pound the ball and then they beat you up on defense by playing excellent defense and so those are all big losses there in the backfield as if that was not enough they're also losing seven of their top 11 tacklers as well including a 6-5 pass rusher ashton oberg and that's going to be a really big loss for a team that like i said loves to run the ball and play very good defense and so that's kind of why they're here tied at 10 here i think you know they kind of got their they got to earn their way back and they do got some guys here they have gage wareham started at quarterback last year as a sophomore you know had a solid year through 4069 yards uh 10 touchdowns two picks he needs to take a step forward for them to move up in these rankings here to be on to be honest with you and then they're returning a running back in blake griffin uh not the basketball player but the running back obviously he had 598 yards 12 touchdowns he's gonna be the main guy they're gonna lean on him so we'll see there and then they got a big guy in demarion lopez uh he was a big time uh contributor on defense and tory eckerman who'll be the other guy returning on defense so altogether, we'll see if they could recapture the magic from last year but they do got to replace a lot uh so we will see not too bad that time not too bad that time it was Look, okay i mean it's it's hard to really it's kind of hard to knock down the number one seed from last year, especially a team that was arguably just one play away from making state. And, uh, you know, honestly, look, n I'm trying to say this in the most respectful way possible, but thank goodness, because I don't think I could have watched a championship game where there was like literally 90 running plays. But I mean, look what they do. They do well. And, uh, yeah, for, for that reason, and, you know, in, in wing T situations, you're able to kind of replace production in a variety of ways. So that's why they're still here at 10. Um, People still got to step up and perform, though. You know? Yeah, they still they still have to. That's why they're not back in the, in the top three here. Um, they still have plenty of talent to replace that needs to be shown. But yes. 
you know, a team that is returning a ton of talent. I mean, graduating some serious talent, but also returning a ton of talent is Windsor the Wizards. Um, I still chuckle at that. I have all the fun team names and I love that. But anyways, I I think that I, I'm calling this backfield TNT, right? Because uh, you have Jaden and Chase Thomas. So you got Thomas and Thomas here. Uh, they had a combined 1,500 yards and nine scores last season. And, you know, Jaden, he's a very explosive running back. And uh, Chase is a very scat-like footwork guy um, that this backfield will just be an absolute handful to handle for a lot of defenses. And, uh, you know, I think that whenever you look at running backs in earlier years and they tend to fumble, that is a number that does tend to go down uh, as the years improve. So I think that Chase is going to turn the ball over less and that's going to make him more dangerous uh, in addition to Jaden. And, uh, you know, while not the leading passer, they do return uh, Sauer, who saw plenty of snaps last season. And he ended the season with a positive TD to INT ratio and uh, tacked on another two rushing scores to put himself in prime spot to be under center. Uh, look, he's got a great frame at six foot three, 215 pounds. If that's running at you, it's probably going to fall forward. And, uh, you know, he's smart decision making. And, you know, four teams like Windsor that are going to have a very stellar defense, they're going to have a solid rush game. They have lots of guys returning on the line. Like, holy cow, their line is just going to be insane this year. Um, then the quarterback just has to be a game manager. I mean, four of their five linemen return. They have plenty of depth. Like, they're just huge everywhere. And last year, you know, they had Jordan Manrique, who was playing some varsity snaps. He was a tackle at 255 pounds. And, uh, you know, his footwork and leverage could take a step forward, but he could be a four-year starter at offensive line, which is very rare, uh, just in general. So I think that that'll be really awesome. Uh, Colton Piper, Robert Taylor... These guys are going to be back. Uh, there is a sophomore who contributed. So lots of sophomore and junior talent here that's going to be returning, not to mention just being senior heavy on the in the trenches where I think it matters most. I think Windsor is somebody that could surprise a lot of teams and really be a headache for quite a few teams this year after having a lot of interesting matchups last season and just some bad bounces as well. Yeah, no, absolutely agreed. I mean, we know this Windsor program has always been a very good program, a staple. Even last year, as uh, you know, they had some struggles. You know, they challenge. Can't hear you. Oh well, sorry. The stream could hear me. I forgot to unmute me <laughs> with you, but the stream could hear me. But yeah, like I was saying last year, I mean, you know, even though they're a team that had their struggles, they're a growing team and they're still well respected. And I think this could be what Montrose was last year and whatnot. So we'll see, you know. I mean, they do a good job running the ball, uh, producing an offense, controlling the pace of the game, which is a really big part of how they win games. And I think they could do that even better this year. So we will see what happens. And they can grind your bones to dust running the football, as opposed to this next team that, well, okay, while they can run the football, boy, can they air it out. And, you know, returning to be one of the most balanced attacks in all of Colorado football are going to be the Denver South Ravens. Look, last year, they played very solid, uh, avenged their opening season loss against Mesa Ridge with a playoff win before uh, getting running into the buzzsaw that was the Montrose defense. But I think that, you know, they don't lose much this this year. They're returning basically everyone. Out of, look, out of everyone who recorded any form of a tackle, only five graduated. 
uh, which means that this Ravens defense will be the stuff of opponent's nightmare. They return 88% of their total tackles, and this includes a handful of sophomores, namely headlined by linebacker Gage Kramer, who is fifth on this squad with 44 tackles. But then you're also going to have incoming seniors that are going to just wipe the floor with other people. I'm looking at defensive tackle Jamari Smith. I'm looking at OJ Thomas. I'm looking at Sharif Boyland. Um, I'm also looking at Jonah Burke, whose speed coming downhill could not be easily countered, even by great linemen. And, uh, you know, he can move with running backs very well laterally. So this front seven is going to be dangerous. They have tons of athletes, you know, in in the defensive secondary. They're going to be able to make plays. Uh, look, Damage Wells, uh, he paced all Ravens with three interceptions and is a part of the majority of, of interceptions that are returning. And look, defense is a huge thing that I look at as far as a team that's coming back. Because, look, on offense, you can score as many points as you want. If your defense is a sieve, that doesn't help you out. But I think this defense is going to be one of the top units in 4A, if not of all Colorado football, with as much talent as they're returning that's only going to get bigger and stronger, especially with their ability to get to the quarterback and force fumbles. But on the offensive side of the ball, there's no questions for me. Joseph Capra is one of the best quarterbacks in the state. He had an incredible season last year, you know, throwing over 30 touchdowns and very few interceptions. He has one of the best receiving threats in Rashad Roadrunner Caldwell, who, you know, has multiple D1 offers, D1 speed, 20 yards per reception, 15 touchdowns, and also a class of 24 tailback in Chevelle Early, who eclipsed 1,000 yards last year. And this trio had 77 combined touchdowns last year through throwing, catching, and running. There's some overlap, but overall, that, that is a dangerous offense and defense. I know that I'm starting to run over on time a little bit, but oh my God, Denver South is going to be good this year. Yeah, don't even trip. I am so excited to see Denver South versus Skyline. Heike, I, I would love a shootout. <laughs> I, I know their defensive coordinators would hate that, but I would love a shootout. Jesse Capra go up against Box. Caldwell against Miller you know I'm really excited I didn't get to see Caldwell or Capra live last year so I'm super excited to see them do their thing this year and I think they're going to be electrifying they are must watch football I mean hey you know Denver South right here at uh at eight I mean they could potentially make a run here you never know you know, you definitely never know. Uh, shout out to my boy Crush over here, part of the city of Colorado Springs who I work with. But uh, he used to be a ref, and he ref Denver South back when uh, I believe Philip Lindsay was back on this team. Or I believe, right? Philip Lindsay was went to Denver South, I want to say. So, and you know, they they made a run. You know, they lost in state, but they made a run. So we'll have to see if uh, this current iteration could uh, make some noise. You never know. You never know, but they'll be really fun to watch regardless. That's fair to say, right? Show enough. I, I mean, you know okay. I was a little <laughs> bit higher on them than eight, so... No, for sure, for sure. We'll, we'll get into that as uh, we get near the end and talk about our personal preseason rankings at the end here of this segment. But uh, let's keep this thing going, though. And uh, I got Fruta Monument here at number seven last year. I feel like like Montrose they had a a very interesting interesting season you know they surprised a lot of teams I don't know how many teams looked at Fruta Monument and was like oh uh, you know they they might be a threat but they were they went seven and three one and one in playoffs lost to Erie 50 to 26 Jesus but they were real they were on a roll 
Now, by the way, only lost to Montrose 26 to 22, and that was the one seed, and then only lost to Chatfield, who won state 28 to 7. So, this was definitely a team with a lot of talent. Now, they are losing some guys, they're losing about a thousand five hundred rushing yards total, um, between these three guys and Armani Trujillo, Cole Jones, um and or sorry they're they're only losing over a thousand yards between those two guys but they are losing uh Peyton Nessler who's their second lead receiver uh, and they're losing Jens Tobiasen who was a big old lineman for them uh and then altogether only losing six of their top 11 tacklers returning the rest though and this core is really good uh as you could see on this film they got a pretty good quarterback who I feel like is such a sleeper like nobody really knows like how talented this kid is, but he is that guy. And Corbin Rowell last year threw for 1,140 yards, 10 touchdowns, 10 touchdowns to seven picks that could be cleaned up, but also rushed for nine touchdowns. I think this year he could definitely take a step forward and be a very dangerous duo threat who you have to respect. Just looking at some of the throws he can make here, he is extremely accurate with great timing. Then you got Wyatt Sharp. As a sophomore, ran for 987 yards and 12 touchdowns. He's returning. Uh, this is a team that loves to run the ball. Those are returning Case and Stegelmeyer. He was the second rusher with 882 yards and 7 touchdowns. Look, this Fruita Monument team, they are returning a very good core on offense. They're going to be able to score a lot of points and control the pace of this game. Look out for Fruita Monument. I think they could really make some noise this season. No, absolutely. I, I think, first off, it's just very interesting seeing a team that's able to throw the ball so well out of split back and eye form um, and, and even single back situations. You know, they're a bit old school in that sense, but I think that obviously that makes their play action game very good. And they're a team that can run the ball very well, too. So, you know, it's just interesting to see that kind of dynamic working so well. And, uh, you know, I think that it's going to carry over into this season. And uh, they just have so many threats. I mean, oh, my. Like, what? Just, just look at the film. Just look at the film. For sure. Oh, yeah. They're basically returning two 1,000-yard rushers or two guys who got close to that. And then, I look, I just have a lot of faith in this quarterback. Like, I think you can't discredit him if you're a defensive coordinator. You got a plan for him because he really thrives off that play action. And I'm, I'm a big fan. I would love to see a Fruita Monument game. Honestly, I feel like I've been saying that a lot about all these teams here. But, I mean, they're talented. I think, you know, they got a lot of next-level players there. And, you know, with their ability to control the pace of the game, anything could happen. I think they'll build on that success from last year. So, there you go. Moving on, though, keeping this thing going, though. At number six, we got Vista Ridge here. Uh, here, let me go ahead and pull up the film real quick here. In case you didn't know... They have the number one rated quarterback in the entire state in four-star Arizona commit Braden Dorman. Last year won seven and four. You know, um, they, I mean, they won a playoff game against Skyline and then they lost. I mean, this was a team that we were really sad to see not have Dom Nichols, who was going to be a game changer for them. That's why we predicted them as a contender. But even then, they still, they did a good job. They won 7-4. and four. Now, now, they are losing some guys in Justice Laulu, who's going to be a big loss there. He's going to Eastern Washington. He was a big-time starter on offense and defense, so that's tough. We're losing Isaiah Garcia, who's their lead tackler. Xeris Cisneros, who's their, um, who's their interception leader. 
you know, and altogether on defense, they're losing seven of their top 11 tacklers. Plus, by the way, Keyshawn Bridges was their second leading receiver in yards and touchdowns. So that's tough. But here's the thing. They got the number one quarterback in the state and they have a receiving core that is extremely deep, starting with B.B. Hills. I believe he has committed to Washington State. He's a speedster. He's a game breaker. He could hit a home run at any minute. You know, he could take any catch to the house. And I believe that, you know, whether it's on special teams or offense. Then you got Keyshawn Dooley. You know, he's going to do his thing as well. He uh, had a lot of success last year. You have a big body receiver in Gavin Jenkins. He's 6'4". Some younger guys to talk about. You have Mason Carter. He was a freshman last year. Will be a sophomore this year. Uh, freshman, uh, incoming freshman I want to talk about is Kobe Dooley. He's going to be coming back. You know, Speedster, one of the fastest freshmen, one of the fastest players in the entire state, period. You know, then on defense, you got two leaders here. Excuse me, and JoJo Garnett and AJ Jordan, who's gonna they're gonna stop the run and they're gonna get pressure and they're gonna make defensive plays. This Vista Ridge team, they're gonna have an excellent passing offense. They're gonna probably have the top one in the state, and then their defense is gonna be solid. We're just gonna have to see how well they do because they're gonna have to really lean on this passing offense to find success as they haven't really found a running game yet. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that running game has been quite elusive for uh, for Vista Ridge here. And, uh, you know, that becomes really important in the postseason, where I think we found uh, with – I mean, they should have been in the postseason a couple of years ago, but when they were given the opportunity, I mean, look, that's when balance can help out so much. And, I mean, Brandon Dorman is throwing like 30 passes a game. Like, holy crap, right? Uh, so being able to run the ball would definitely help out with just like wear and tear on his arm on the receivers on the linemen who always have to pass block i mean you can see their fatigue throughout games but i mean they are very very talented nonetheless i think that you know each year they get better i mean yeah they got the top quarterback he's easily the leading candidate as far as top five senior quarterbacks on our list he's the leading candidate for offensive playmaker of the year bb hills is someone who's super electric and uh you know i think this defense can take a couple of steps forward this year so, yeah, Vista Ridge, I'm also very high on them. And, uh, yeah, th they'll have plenty of chances to be tested um, somewhat early in the season. So I think that those tests will go a long way. Absolutely. We'll see. I mean, if they don't have a running game, then, you know, we're looking at a potential situation where Braden Dorman has to throw over 3,000 yards at least. You know, and then he obviously has to go over 30 touchdowns. And honestly, I'm just going to throw this out there. I mean, it's not like a prediction or anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had a 50 pass attempt game. Now, I don't think they would want to do that. But if it's a shootout and it's just not stopping, then we'll see. You know, hopefully it doesn't happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if that does. By the way, backup quarterback Ben Noblet, he will be there and uh, he might get some. Well, he probably will get some varsity snaps and, you know, in shoot or not shootouts in blowouts and stuff like that so uh broncos uh 77 challenge winners too in the past game i mean it is 77 but still yes absolutely like i said arguably the top passing game um and potentially one of the top offenses we'll see they got to win games this season um and we'll see how far Dorman could take him in their last year so that'll be exciting to watch but another team I want to talk about here is Pueblo West at number five here. Uh, last year, I mean, you know, they had some success and whatnot. They ran the ball kind of a lot more than I thought they would. 
which is fine, but this year should see something a little bit different. They already played a game against Grand Junction, like I said earlier in the stream, and they won it. They won by like 20 or so, and I will actually be at the Pueblo West Dakota Ridge game this uh well this friday so it should be really exciting but last year won seven and five they are losing some guys like Va vladimir dabovich tyler cullen uh jeremiah sanchez hunter johnson both of the running backs who had a lot of success were super productive the last couple years plus their quarterback cole brinkley but uh oh and they're losing sontag porter who had 10 sacks last year but this offense is going to be extremely explosive. You know, they got a lot of receivers and they have a talented sophomore quarterback here. And Gavin Lockett, he's a dual threat. He's somebody that got hurt last year. This year, it's his time to take over. You know, and he could potentially lead a top five offense. I'm pretty sure of that. So definitely got to look out for him. Uh, he's somebody that you just can't, you know, you can't just force him to throw it and whatnot. He's going to burn you on the ground as well. So there you go. At receiver, you have Gage Martinez. We know what he could do. This year, he could have a breakout year statistically and whatnot and be one of the top receivers in his class. Have no doubt about that. He's one of the best slot receivers out here. Then you got Titus White from my hometown, P-Town uh, and whatnot. 6'3", 210 pounds, fantastic athlete, jump ball guy. There aren't many cornerbacks that are going to be able to stop him in one-on-one. -on -one. So he's going to be a beast. Got it. And then I got throughout this other guy, Donovan Robinson. You know, he's another guy who could play and do his thing as well. He caught a touchdown last week. And then you also have Jacob Trader. Altogether, this is a team that's going to have a very explosive offense and some pieces on defense. Uh, but this defense is going to have to gel. And that's why they are not higher than this. But regardless, this offense will be fun to watch. Dang, that, that might have been your best one so far, Simon. It's all right. But, uh, you know, this Pueblo West team, also believe in them. I love a good passing attack. I love good skill receivers here. Um, I think that, as Simon mentioned, a lot of those pieces missing on defense. You're losing a very solid interior lineman as well. Uh, those are some concerning things. And I think that, you know, it's just like, how consistent are they going to be? Because, I mean, while their highs were pretty high last year and they ended the season on a really good note in that double overtime, you know, one point loss to Palmer Ridge, their lows were bad last year. Their lows were, were not encouraging whatsoever. So it's really hard to, you know, take some of their lows with a grain of salt and still like, you know, be super high on them. But I do think that everything that they're returning and the way that they ended their season is where my positivity comes from for this Pueblo West team. Absolutely. Also, they could run the ball. I'm just going to throw that out there. I believe Jacob Trader will probably be that guy for them or one of those guys for them. So we will see about Pueblo West. They're going to have plenty of chances to punch up. So I'm just going to put that out there. But uh, Cody, do you want to take it away? Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, this is a team that I've been very high on ever since they won their uh, championship in 2020. And that's the Loveland Red Wolves. Look, we got them here at number four. And uh, look, initially when I was researching Loveland, I didn't think it was going to be a pretty sight because they are losing uh, our number one senior linebacker from the 2022 class and Ian Loomis, one of the best players in Colorado football, period. Uh, just very well-rounded pass rush, pass defend, run defend, anything you ask him to do, he could do it. Uh, Tyson Williams is somebody else on the defense who is pretty solid. And, uh, you know, they all are also losing a first team all-state lineman in Uziel Ruiz. But I mean, 
I was surprised at how much defensive talent was returning to Loveland because if this team makes a run, it's going to be defensively driven and offensively moved along, right? Uh, look, they have a sophomore who was the second tackle for leader or tackle for loss leader last year in Stansbury who returns after 10 tackles for loss who was only second to Ian Loomis. Um, look, and he's just one of eight eight of the top tacklers returning to this team, including incoming seniors, Dylan Lindgren going to be on our watch list for top five senior linebackers. He had 133 tackles, Hudson Vogaser who had 90 tackles. And, you know, considering how much, how many tackles they lost last year and just Loomis alone, it's impressive how many tackles they are returning in 66%. Uh, Cody Lease, he was a solid safety. You know, he's an opportunistic guy who can, you know, intercept the ball when it's thrown up in the air. And uh, overall, eight of the 11 interceptions from last year will be returning back in the incoming classes. And, you know, looking at last year and the games that they lost, I wouldn't even pin it on the defense. I'd rather pin it on the offense who, you know, just didn't score a whole lot in their losses last year. But I think they're somebody who can return some serious scoring potential. Look, Garrett Harstead, uh, he ran for 18 touchdowns and over 1,000 yards last year. And he's also getting his running mate, Drew Foley, back in the fold, who had over 1,000 yards and uh, 15 scores, along with Garrett's, you know, 11 throwing touchdowns, right? So I'm looking for these numbers to continue. I'm looking for the consistency, good running attack, even greater defense, probably one of the best defenses in state, probably a top 10 unit in state out of this Loveland squad. Yeah, no, probably. And honestly, last year I wasn't as high as uh, I wasn't as high on them. But this year, you know, I, I got some faith in them. I think this defense is going to be real solid. And I think Garrett Harstead, he could be due for a for another breakout season to be honest with you and turn it up another level i was at that playoff game where their season unfortunately ended against pine creek and it came down to a goal line stand which was just an excellent tackle by brett alvey and the gang there and so i honestly felt like at that point after watching that game loveland could have went on and competed and potentially went back or go back to state uh and you know they could potentially do that this year as well you know We'll just have to see what happens. I mean, like you said, Cody, offensively, they got to pick it up just a little bit here. You know, they, they can't make as many mistakes and they got to take advantage of the opportunities their defense will give them, which is going to be a lot. So they they could be a lot like uh, last year's Chatfield this year, honestly. They really could be. And I would not be surprised at all. That's a that's a really good comparison. So, uh yeah we'll we'll see what happens we'll see what happens but moving on though at number three we have the team that played them in state a couple years ago in palmer ridge last year had a pretty successful season and you know they were losing a lot of players like a ton of players you know and they still won 10 and 2 um they lost to erie in the playoffs 28 to 18 that was obviously a really tough loss uh, Anthony Costanzo, their star safety, did not play that game. And I feel like if he did, maybe, maybe it would have been different. But, you know, it is what it is. Because at this point right now, they are losing Anthony Costanzo permanently as he is over at UNLV. On top of that, they're losing Alec Falk and Connor Jones, who are at Air Force and Michigan, respectively. They're losing Connor Cook, who had 942 yards and 15 touchdowns for them last year. Uh, and then they're losing a lot on their defense. They're losing seven of their top 11 tacklers, with the majority of that coming on their defensive line, which is a really big 
concerned. But here's the thing about Palmer Ridge. They have a ton of skill players. But before I talk about those guys, let me talk about the leader of the infamous slash famous Monument Moving Company. That's Jackson St. Aubin. Uh, I believe he just committed here. Oh my gosh. I want to say it was Yale. He committed to an Ivy League school. I apologize if I uh, got it wrong here, but he's a stud of an athlete. Definitely a D1 guy. He will lead this team on offense. I will have a pretty young offensive line, so there you go. But some other guys that I expect to step up is Casey Fackerel and KJ Smedley. I think they're going to be um, excellent at receiver and cornerback. Uh, you also have Holden Wright as a first-year starter. He had 98 tackles as a sophomore. He should be due for another great season there. They have Josh Gerlock, a 6'3", 200-pound safety. He's going to turn up along with Chris Rice, another 6'3", 200-pound, Jesus Christ, safety. So they're going to have a very tough secondary, plus Derek Hester, who will be returning and should be improved after putting up pretty solid numbers. Look, this Palmer Ridge team, honestly, defensively, as far as skill players go, I feel like they match up pretty well. And then offensively, they're going to be able to score a lot of points with uh, their guys there like Derek Hester, Smedley, Fackrell, and Gator Robinson, who I didn't mention, but he's a stud of a running back as well. Sorry, I went a little bit over there, but there's a they got like a million athletes over there. And I feel like if they're going to match up with a passing team, they're going to do it really well. As good as any team, to be honest with you. They always do, right? They always yes. do. That's what their what that's what their brand is now, and uh, they live up to it. So if you don't have them in their top five, I just think that it's disrespectful, honestly. I mean, what other team in Colorado has two six three safeties <laughs> that are athletic? It's not like they run a five zero or a four eight. Like they they get after it, you know. So <laughs> we'll see. You know, I think a lot of it does hinge on Derek Hester. Wouldn't you agree, though, Cody? Oh, for sure. I mean, look, their season came down to him last year, and he's got to be better. That's that's really what that. That's really what that. I watched the whole game, and that's what it came down to. The so. playoff game where he didn't have Costanzo, by the way, who was a stud receiver as well. So yeah, but he also threw it to the other team instead of his own team, anyway. So. But yes, <laughs> it moving, moving on to another team that had really high expectations from us last year and just fell a little bit shy, but is poised for another great year is Dakota Ridge. Look, um, they were a favorite and they eventually lost to the state champs in Chatfield. It sucks that they had to play them twice in one season um, because they're they were capable of beating them once in a very close game. They beat a lot of teams in uh, track meets last year. And, uh, you know, they do lose some big weapons. I think that the biggest loss easily is Dante Capolongo, who is just one of the best, probably the best athlete last year in Colorado. I'm not even going to try and take away from, you know, the fact that he was overlooked. But, you know, there's still lots of talent in the secondary. I'm looking at Calvin Ward, who's going to be a great, you know, defensive back this year, great corner. He can also play slot sometimes. Uh, Brandon Miller, Landon Giebler, these were all guys who had double-digit pass deflections last year. And if they can turn some of these pass deflections into interceptions, that's fantastic. You also get Braden Cusick, 
who was one of the best tacklers and is also a great pass defending linebacker and uh, somebody who also blocked punt last year. This team made a lot of plays on special teams. And look, if you win in special teams, you only have to win in one other facet of the game to win that game. So you have all that going for them. You have the best running back in this senior class so far and Noah Triplett, who is a threat to go for over 2,000 yards and any run can be a 70-yard touchdown run, right? He just has incredible speed and power to boot with it. He's also incredibly dangerous out of the backfield. And I think that they have their most athletic quarterback yet in Blake Palladino, who, you know, had some playing time last year as a sophomore. I don't think was fully utilized to the extent of his powers, but is just extremely athletic and has one of the strongest arms in the state, especially for his class, maybe the strongest arm in the entire state. Uh, look, we broke down his film and I think that he's going to be an upgrade as well as a two-year starter for this Dakota Ridge team. And, uh, you know, this Dakota, Dakota Ridge team had a quarterback that ran for 378 last year who wasn't even like super athletic. So Paladino could be a 500 plus yard rusher on top of triplet and all the other skill positions that they rotate so well. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely agreed. Oh boy. They have a lot of weapons. Plus they're extremely well coached, which is definitely a weapon on their own. I mean, God, I, we're huge fans of their coaching staff. I kind of just yelled in that mic. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but I'm glad they don't have headphones that, on. Warning that's headphones. how passionate. That's how passionate I am about this uh, coaching staff. They're one of the best. I respect them a lot. I got a lot of respect for them. They know how to coach well. You know, they're very versatile in their coaching as well, uh, defensively and offensively too. Real creative there. I mean, they are tough to play. Like just in like even if they didn't have all these athletes, they would have been tough to play because they're gonna give you a lot of looks. They do have some of the greatest athletes in the entire state, though. Triplet, beast. You know he's a speedster, but he's gonna run you over too if he wants to. Paladino, I've literally seen this guy make every single throw possible, and I've followed him a lot in the off season. He is that guy. And so going against Pueblo West, another team that, you know, loves to throw the ball. They're great offensively. They showed that in their game last week against Grand Junction. It's going to be real interesting. I'm super excited. Should be one of the premier games in the entire state all year. So I'm super excited about that. We'll see where these teams stack. Exactly, Mundo. And, uh... We'll see how everyone stacks up against the number one ranked team. I think that they're ranked fourth in the state by max preps out of any classification for Colorado football. And that is going to be the Erie Tigers. Look, obviously, they were literally like a play short last year in state uh, of winning state in only their second season in 4A. And, you know, they are losing a lot of guys, especially, you know, big time guys. I'm looking at John Pastor on the offensive line, who is a dog I'm looking at, Caleb Tyson, who's going to be at UNC. And, uh, you know, skill position wise, they'll be stumbling as five of their six leading receivers graduate. And then, you know, the, look, they're losing a lot, but they're also returning a lot. It's like a, it's a healthy balance and reload. I think, you know, defense could be a major concern for a lot of guys, but uh, they have a secondary paced by uh, Trey Kana, who was great last year with 13 pass deflections, four interceptions. They also have uh, Derek Hall, who is an all-around havoc wreaker last year, forcing fumbles, batting passes, getting tackles in the backfield. So I think that, you know, he'll take a step forward. As only a sophomore, I think that Jackson Cowgill 
had way more of an argument to be on some All-State teams uh, following a season that saw his six foot five, two hundred and fifty pound frame uh, pace the Erie squad with ten sacks, four hurries, five tackles for loss. Uh, he's just really good. He took over that Palmer Ridge game at times against a monument moving company, right? So he was beating some of the best linemen in the state, some of the best linemen in the country uh, pretty regularly in that game. And then, I mean, how can you talk about this Erie team without talking about Blake Barnett, three-star quarterback, upside of a four-star guy, honestly. Look, 50-plus touchdown club, 3,500-plus total yards, our 4A most valuable playmaker, He's going to keep this offense rolling. He also has a great receiver returning and Caden uh, Lettuce, you know, who's going to be very, very good for this team. He still has some guys up front that are going to be good. I'm looking at Logan Gilmore to take a huge step forward after already being a powerful guard last year to open up some lanes in the run game. And uh, yeah, I just think that they're going to have a lot of talent returning at skill positions. And they also have, you know, the most important position returning after a hugely dominant season. Yes, absolutely agreed. I mean, look, this is a team that I mean, they got to show consistency here. I think that's the biggest thing. They have a lot of great athletes. They have a great talent pool out there. You know, I know, I know what they do out there. They're very well coached. They're developed. Well, we'll see who steps up for this team moving forward. You know, I think uh, they're obvi- they're obviously here at number one because they went to state last year. They're the only team with state experience because Chatfield moved up to 5A. So we'll see what happens. But I'm looking at Blake, beat him up, Barnett. We'll see if he could take a step forward as a passer. I think he can. We got to see him a little bit in the offseason. Uh, also heard him talk about it at media day and uh, honestly feel pretty good about it, you know. And uh, he's still going to run you over too, you know. They don't call him beat him up for nothing. That, I, that's a thing now. That's a thing now. I'm going I'm to start calling that on the beat recaps. Him beat him up. Beat yeah, him up. <laughs> he, he is that dude, man. He is that dude. He's been taking a lot of uh, visits. He's a three-star guy now. Um, in my opinion, he's probably more of a four-star guy, but that's just me. But, you know, we'll see how far he leads this team and if he could galvanize the rest of these guys as well uh, to lead because there are some very good athletes, like you said, Gilmore, the Cowgills. They're going to do their job. And uh, Oh, my, my bad. Caden Lettuce as well, who's going to Southern Utah. They're going to do their job, and, you know, we'll see what happens. Happens, but at the end of the day, it's all about consistency. And so any team could lose just as much as any team could win. So, yeah. Yep. Beat them up. <laughs> oh, my God. We have been streaming for three hours. Isn't that insane? And we still have 5A to do. Jeez. We're almost through it, Coach V. We're almost through it. We are. Let's go ahead and look through these preseason uh, or review, sorry, the 4A preseason power rankings here. At 10, we have the tie with Skyline and Montrose both there. At 9, we have Windsor. At 8, we have Denver South. 7, Fruit of Monument. 6, Vista Ridge. At 5, we have Pueblo West. At 4, we have Loveland. At 3, we have Palmer Ridge. At 2, we have Dakota Ridge. And then at number 1, we have the state runner-ups in Erie. Cody, do you want to go or uh, do you want me to go? I can go. Okay, so look, go for I had Erie. I had Erie one. I had Dakota Ridge two. I had Loveland three and Palmer Ridge four. So those were the only things that got a little flipped, really high on Loveland. But I mean, it's all the same to me. Then I had Vista Ridge five, Denver South six, Pueblo West 
7, Fruita Monument 8, Windsor 9, Montrose 10, uh, Skyline right at 11. Um, I just want to see how this first week goes. I just want to see how this first week goes. Then some great teams just don't quite make it in here that are also magnificent. I'm looking at Aurora Central that's returning one of the best backs in state in Kyrie's Kirby, as well as a ton of guys in the trenches that's going to make them a really solid team. I think a team that's going to go back to playoffs. Broomfield, who has one of the best quarterbacks in the state, and Cola Crew, who has just a massive arm, as well as way more experience returning uh, cohesively. I talked to them at Broncos 7v7, and they just said that, you know, the mentality is really different. They're not acting like they already have state this year. They said that was a bit of a problem last year. And I think that their defense is going to be improved. Golden, obviously headlined by uh, Giselle Riley. They did lose their coach this past season. But, I mean, with the tools and weapons that they have on offense, they're still going to be, you know, he's still a guy who could go for over 3,000 scrimmage yards, honestly. And I'm looking at um, not that team, actually, because I think they're in 5A now. So, go ahead, Simon. You had 30 seconds left, but all right, I got I got to catch this back up. We're on three hours. You take four minutes every time. I will take two minutes and 30 seconds to compensate for your time. So, all right, my personal power rankings, um, which, by the way, contributed to these. I know it's been a while since we've described our process, but we'll do that before we do 5A. But at number one, I have Erie. Uh, number two, got Dakota Ridge. Number three, Palmer Ridge. Four, Pueblo West. Uh, at five, I have Fruita Monument. That's how high I am on them. I think they could really turn it up this season and surprise some teams. Uh, at six, this is no disrespect, obviously, but I have Loveland. Definitely a team that can move up. At seven, I have Vista Ridge. Uh, it's a lot of pressure to put on their passing game, but they're going to put pressure on anybody. It might as well be the best quarterback and deepest receiving core slash most talented receiving core in the entire state. So we'll see what happens there. Eight, I got Windsor. Nine, I got Denver South. And ten, I had Skyline. Um, after that, just outside of Montrose, I, they're losing a lot. They have Blake Griffin. They have Demarion Lopez. We'll see what happens. You know, but they need to prove more to me this season than last since they are losing so much. Uh, at 12, got Broomfield, Cola Crew, and the gang. At 13, Aurora Central. Uh, 14, Golden. 15, Ponderosa. That's high key a team that scares me. If there's any team that's going to get any team in the top 10 that's going to get upset uh, by a team outside of. Uh, the top 10 i think ponderosa could be one of those squads a lot of great linebackers excellent kicker by the way so you better hold them off uh on the other side of the 50 yard line because he could kick 60 yarders pretty consistently so there you go um that's not cap go ahead and look at his instagram by the way uh and whatnot there then you have brighton at 16 mesa ridge shine mountain green junction heritage thomas jefferson vista peak widefield falcon I might as well just did all the playoffs there. But, uh, yeah, so there you go. We'll see what happens. I think 4A will be real competitive. A lot of faces leaving for 5A, which will be interesting. So I think it's pretty wide open in 4A as well. Won't you agree, Cody? Yeah, look, there's there's a ton of movement, and there's a ton of returning talent. So I think the playing field is very even this year as far as playing experience amongst these top 10 teams. Yes, Absolutely. You have some powerhouses leaving, which uh, leaves some voids. So if you want it, you have to take it. Can't wait for another team to give it to you because they won't. All these teams are talented. They're stacked with D1 guys. You know, find Chaos a way to get it done. Ladder. What'd you say? Chaos is a ladder. 
Chaos is a ladder, plus a lot of great coaches too. We'll see some uh, good coaching battles this season, hopefully. I think uh, that might mean the difference in some of these games, which we do not say a lot. So, uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, that's the same with 3A. Cody, before we start here, do you want to go over our process with these rankings and whatnot? We've literally been streaming for three hours. By the way, welcome to the stream <laughs> if you joined uh, at some point and whatnot. Just as a quick reviewer before we head into our final level of Colorado high school football and rank these top 10 teams. Yeah, so just to reiterate for the first time in three hours, whoops. Uh, Simon and I put together a top 10 power rankings list for every single classification. We do this based on our season previews. Go ahead and give those a listen. We put a ton of work into those where we went through every single team, one through five, a classification, talked about their recap from last year, as well as returning playmakers, some guys who graduated as well, and then projected a window of wins. So these power rankings are basic, are based off of all that research from our offseason, as well as watching some film and watching highlights and doing some offseason work as far as 77s and whatnot in that regard. So once we rank them 1 through 10, we have a point system. If you're number 1, you get 10 points, so on so forth, 2, 9, 3, 8, etc. Add those up, composite 1 through 10 PMC preseason power rankings. 2022. 22 obviously and I got, oh sorry i was just gonna say obviously it's preseason. take it with a grain of salt if you feel some type of way win and that's how you move up we'll be updating these every week um yeah. on our on our recaps so there you go there but uh sorry Cody, i didn't mean to interrupt just figured i'd give you a quick little breather before you uh, go ahead and uh, get this thing started no nah, i'm gonna started. tear into it beat them up all right so here at number nine, I actually have two teams who are like, well, 10 slash nine, because we have a tie, classic PMC stuff. But the first team that I'm going to talk about here is Arvada West. Look, they won the Jeffco League last year, and that's a huge freaking deal, okay? I mean, that's a very competitive league in 5A, and the fact that they won it and had that first round bye was massive, all right? But uh, they do lose a lot. Uh, they lose... 97% of their hurries, 85% of their sacks. Look, their defense is taking some serious kicks to the groin here as far as graduation. I'm looking at Wyatt, uh, Wyatt Blumquist. I'm looking at uh, Hankel Pitt. I'm looking at Henkel. I'm looking at Brandon Simpson. I'm looking at Michael Runnels. Tons of tackles for losses, tons of hurries, tons of sacks. There's also, you know, on special teams, they are losing some serious talent in uh, Jacob Simpson, as well as Ian Lee. He's somebody's film who I broke down. He's playing on the next level. I want to say he's playing like NAIA football or uh, D3. But, uh, you know, he was a great slot receiver, good speed, mismatch on linebackers, obviously. And, uh, you know, he pays the team in total return yards. He had 156 on kickoff and 236 punt return yards. Usually you see the kickoff return numbers a little bit higher because you have more room to run. But, uh, you know, overall, 800 yards of scrimmage, lots of talent departing. I think that's why they're not as high as, you know, maybe top five where they would have been last year um, if we did like an end of season power rankings. But I mean, look, uh, Charlie Smith, he's somebody who's going to take a step forward on this defense. Uh, Jordan Schneider was somebody as a sophomore 
who had quite a few tackles for loss and very limited action. But I think that the real talk of the town here is going to be on the offensive side of the ball. You're getting Ethan Cook back, and um, you know he's going to cook up some of these defenses this year. I saw him throw in the Broncos 7v7. I'm not as worried about his hip. You know, I even got to talk to him. I asked him how it felt, and he said, good. Obviously, it could look a little bit different in pads, but so far, he's looked like he's made an excellent recovery, and he has great receivers catching the ball for him. Drew Martinez, Brady Witherspoon, both very solid guys, but, I mean, Drew Martinez is just a mismatched nightmare on the offensive side of the ball, and this team is going to score in droves. Yeah, no, absolutely agreed. Big fan of Ethan Cook. I think he's a great player and whatnot. I know uh, Arvada West ran the spread last year. And they got a couple of teams who uh, can't throw the ball and whatnot or won't throw the ball. And so we'll see. I think this year will be really interesting. They got to earn their way back, though. I mean, with the number of players they're losing and whatnot, obviously the injury to Cook as well. You know, this is definitely a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of maybe a redemption year. Like, hey. You know, we still got it type of years. So we'll see, you know. I mean, they're obviously here in the top 10 for a reason, though. So there you go. Oh, yeah. And there's another spread passing team here at uh, number 10 slash 9, whatever you want to call it. They're tied for the same spot as Arvada West, and that is the Fairview Knights. Look, their offense was potent last year, but, you know, in the graduating seniors department, it's called graduating seniors slash departing talent. They did lose freshman phenom Beckham Kritza. Uh, we as a state lost him uh, to California. Obviously wish him the best of luck. He is still PMC fam. But I mean, they're losing him. They're losing a CU commit Grant Page. Obviously, that's a tough loss. They also lose one of our top five interior offensive linemen and Nick Worster, who is very solid. They lose Ben Anderson, who is a solid senior receiver. And, um, you know, they, they're, they're just losing some solid pieces on offense, but I don't think it's time to panic. Look, uh, Rowan is a very solid quarterback. He's going to be stepping up here. He got to throw the ball and run the offense on the JV level last year as a sophomore, and he excelled. There were points where he looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the offseason uh, for the Ducks this past year. So obviously, you know, I think that he's proven in passing situations there. He has one of the best, if not the best, uh, you know, class of 25 prospect and uh, Jordan Rochelle catching passes for him who led, who is like top five in the entire country, in the entire country of freshman receivers in like receptions, yards, touchdowns and whatnot there. He's very good and he's just a mismatch. And he's somebody who can run routes from the inside and the outside. He's somebody who could probably even do a little bit more on special teams this year to kind of fill a void uh, that has been left behind. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, you have just great incoming talent uh, as far as, you know, defensive ends, turn linebackers that can hit hard. Zach Lewis is somebody who's going to be very good his senior year. He had 104 tackles last year. Uh, Josh Zhang is somebody who's going to be returning, who had a pair of picks to his name. And, uh, you know, uh, Ryder Villarreal was another freshman from last year um, who had a team leading 58 interception return yards as well as two fumble recoveries. So playmakers on offense and defense leads to another good year for the Knights. Uh, did you mention Brock Colstead? <clears throat> Why don't you mention Brock Colstead? <laughs> Yeah, I'll mention Brock. That's our guy. That's uh, our guy. <clears throat> another class of 
2025 guy. Love the kid. Great linebacker. Oh my god. He is probably one of the best young cover linebackers in the entire state. Probably one of the best cover linebackers in the entire state period. Got to see him with TFG. Saw him with, uh, like, work out with EPO. He is that guy. Also, he's huge and ma like he's he's a massive athlete that moves really well, and he's going to be a problem. Played defensive end last year. We'll be moving to linebacker, which I feel like is a little bit more of a better fit for him. And he's going to turn up. You know, this linebacker duo, and we don't talk about many linebacker duos of Zach Lewis and Brock Colstead could be real freaking dangerous. Like they're going to give a lot of teams headaches. Um, and then also, I just want to reiterate, Rowan Reisner, he's been waiting for a while, and he is a good player. And so, yes, Beckham Kritza, he's a talent, they're losing him, that's a tough loss. But Rowan Reisner, he's going to step in, and he's going to show the state what he could do, finally. And I am really excited for him, happy for him. Um, he's been working hard this offseason, got to track his progress a lot with the Ducks, shout out to them and whatnot. And, you know, we'll see what happens, but... Don't be surprised if he turns up this year and everyone's like, oh, where'd this Rowan kid come from? Because we've been known. So there you go. Boom. Is it me that's up next? My bad. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, those are our tied teams at 10. At number eight, technically, because they're tied at 10. We got Thunder Ridge. Let me go ahead and start the clock here and pull up the film here there's no way you're gonna make the time on this one i'm calling it now yeah i'm probably not uh hey so last year had a really good year uh despite it i don't know i guess some people thought maybe it was a little bit of down year i don't think so i mean they had an excellent quarterback in seth frazier they had weapons in chase Tompkins, who was basically the debo samuel of this team uh did a very good job you have jd rickford who is their starting back you have jack horsford uh who's their lead receiver Derek pacheco you have two linemen they're losing and brandon ems and tyler uh Chital, who are moving on to play on the next level by the way so congrats to them so they are losing quite a bit of talent but they're only losing four of their top 11 tacklers. And so this defense is going to be nasty. Led by the guy in this film, Caden Shouse. Got to meet bro last year. Uh, shout out to, is it OT? Oh my god. OTG athlete. Yep, OTG athlete. Um, excellent program, by the way. You know, they do their thing. They train their athletes. And he immediately stood out as one of the smoothest athletes we've seen, despite him being a big boy. You know, he's coming off the edge. He's a defensive end, you know, and he has an excellent combination of power and speed. Definitely somebody who can make our top five list. By the way, he was all state second team, and he will be a problem this year. Then you also have this other safety out there in Caleb Keith, 6'3", 180 pounds, actual track star, only got 36 tackles, two picks last year, six pass deflections, but he's an absolute beast. He's going to hold it down. He's probably going to be one of the best uh, safeties in the state this upcoming year. They're also returning Aiden Oshan on defense at linebacker. He's going to do his thing. Um, and then on offense, you have some weapons here. You have Richard Okuno, one of the best slot receivers in the entire uh, state. He's going to turn up. You have CJ Reese, 6'3", 180 pounds. He's due for a breakout season. You have Zachariah Smith, who's coming through. And then on top of that, you have freshman phenom DJ 
Bordeaux. I know I'm over the time, so I won't go into it too much. But we'll see when he does get the start. I know they have a senior in Cooper here who did get a snap, uh, a couple snaps last year on varsity. But DJ, I mean, he is a great athlete. He's probably somebody they're going to roll out as a runner and whatnot, maybe in some passing situations. But I, well, I said this in my prediction. I assume he's going to take over eventually. And if he does... This team could be very dangerous, but still, though, this is a team that does have a lot to improve on. Uh, not, maybe not a lot to improve on, but a lot to prove going to this year considering the players they are losing to graduation. Oof, I am way over, but there is no way I was going to make that. Anyways, what do you think All about it. Thunder Ridge, Cody? I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Look, they're returning pieces that matter, and um, also I just want to shout out real quickly uh, Chase Tompkins volunteered for uh, HRCA as a youth flag football coach and uh, it's a very pleasant community guy there so uh, best of luck to him heading to Doan I believe is where he's going and then um, yeah you know this team is talented in all the right spots defense wins championships and I think that you know Thunder Ridge tradition is to have a very good defense and if it can be complemented on the offensive side of the ball they could be a real threat this year oh my god I just realized I was muted on the stream, I think. You're kidding. Oof, that is bad. Unless I just muted just now. Should I just do it in... I don't know. What should I do? <laughs> you. Ha I'm giving you 10 seconds to, to give your 10 cents on Thunder Ridge. Okay, going over it again. Jesus Christ. All right, I'm sorry. Defense is going to be elite. Caden Schaus, elite edge rusher. He's going to cause a lot of problems. Even if they didn't have other defensive linemen, which they do, you know, he would be a one-man wrecking machine. He's going to be a problem. Caleb Keith, 6'3", 180, I can't talk, 180-pound safety, literal track star, going to be one of the best safeties out there. Defense is looking really good. They're returning most of those guys. Biggest questions probably going to be on offense. How well are they going to do? Are they going to be able to replace the talent uh, that is graduating? So... There you go. Jeez. I am that was sorry. the longest 10 seconds of my life. By the I, way. I can't. They can't be the only team out of 50 that I don't do a thing on. I'm sorry. But as that goes for all these teams, honestly. But yeah. Sorry about that. Anyways, Cody, go ahead. I need to get a drink of water and hydrate. All right. Start that timer for me. It'll be done by the time you get back. But uh, anyways, I'm talking about Rouse and Valley. Look, they showed a lot of looks on offense this year. And I think that they found some success actually spreading it out. And I think that Jared Yanisidu, new coach, is one of the best parts of incoming talent slash returning playmakers. I think he's going to spread it out and maximize the potential of this Rouse and Valley offense that I think has been hindered by the wing T look. I think that they have incredible talent on both sides of the ball. I think defensively, they have a beast of a safety in Jason Tommy. Uh, who first dazzled us in looks at TFG, but was a beast last year. You know, deflected five passes, forced three fumbles, had a handful of interceptions. Look, he can play in the box. He can play the pass game really well. And then as far as, you know, the rest of the defense goes, they have Gunnar Shoplin, who was in the backfield quite a bit. And they also have a uh, fella, Eli Keith, who had plenty of tackles for loss. And they get these guys also got to the quarterback really well. And then, you know, they have a couple of backs uh, like Junior Tailback Benalo, uh, or Beneo, who reached a half thousand yards and also showed hands with 250 receiving yards. And then Braden Schatz uh, stood 100 yards above everyone else, leading the team with 437 yards, receiving and three scores. So three of the top 
Four receivers are coming back, which is big time. And then you also have Logan Madden, who as a sophomore uh, completed 65% of his passes and threw seven scores to only two interceptions. And, uh, you know, I think that he might be competing against incoming senior uh, James Woshner, who himself completed a decent amount of passes and also had a handful of touchdowns. So I think that, you know, passing game wise, they have some options. They always have athletes in the secondary. They always have athletes at wide receiver. I know from my time playing them, they've had the same kind of thing going on. And I think that Jared Dionisito is going to blow the lid off of this offense. Hopefully they do have an intense first test against Cherry Creek, one that Dave Logan himself has circled on his schedule and is mildly concerned about. So you know that you're going to get the A game of Rouse Valley and Cherry Creek in uh, in the opener of their seasons. <laughs> nice. Um, completely agreed. I'm really looking forward to seeing Jason Tommy play. Uh, I think he could really turn up. Plus, with this it's new head coach, I mean, you know, running a spread, that's exciting. Um uh, I mean, I think the biggest reason why they are here, though, and not hire is just because I'm personally, I'm not sure how well they are going to do this first year with this new head coach. No, it's probably not going to be horrible and they're probably still going to make the playoffs and do their thing. But we'll, we'll just see. I think there are definitely some questions here. You know, is that fair to say at least? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, the other the other guy, Lloyd, was just really consistent. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know what else more you could uh, hope for. So, there you go there. Cody, are you good? All right, well, the show must go on. And so, that is what we are going to do here. Um, so, Ralston Valley at number seven. Here at number six, we got Pine Creek. Um, here, let me start the time, get the film. So, last year, obviously... They were a 4A team. You know, they did their thing and whatnot. Um, came just a little bit short of going to state. Lost to Chatfield, who obviously won state. So that's not a bad deal. But altogether, won 10 and 3. You know, so not too bad at all. But going into this year, they are going to be a dangerous team on the 5A level. Despite losing some guys like Kale Reeves Dunbar, Jojo Roy, who is their quarterback, Zion Hill, Braden Kramer, Gavin Wetzel, Landon Neal, Edward Bowman, Sam Stearman. Despite losing all those guys, you know, they're only losing five of their top 11 tacklers, and they do have a very strong team. Uh, starting with their quarterback, young quarterback Cameron Cooper, uh, as a freshman, you know, obviously played freshman snaps, but was the backup on varsity and got his first start <laughs> against Chatfield, which was really bad. Um, well, it wasn't really bad, you know, but that's a really tough matchup to take on. That's what I mean. The situation was really bad. Um, he actually got in against Loveland and he did a solid job there. Got to see him. Uh, basically, I've been following him since he was in middle school. He's done his thing. Going forward, he will be the guy. Look out for him. Then you got Mason Miller, whose highlights are playing right now. Uh, D1 guy offered by Iowa State already. Will only be a junior this year. Absolute monster of a man. Six foot, 220-ish. You know, definition of a power back. He will be 
an absolute problem. And then on the offensive line, you got a bunch of D1 offensive linemen in Carson Kaplan, Devontae Johnson, Connor Laxon, Matthew Jennings, Tristan Randall. You, you got a bunch of guys who are going to clear the way. They're going to do their job there. So there you go. Then skill-wise, you have Justice Nicholson, Kai Goetze, Jerry Lydiot. They're going to do their thing. And then defensively, which is Always been the strength of Pine Creek. Got Ramon Pacheco, Brett Alvey, Jaden Anatone, and Layden Robinson who are going to hold it down. And per usual, Pine Creek is usually pretty solid, pretty good defensively, pretty stout, even in their down years. And so this is definitely not a down year. And so they are definitely a contender right away as they enter the 5A level. Cody, are you back with us? Yes, yes, and I, I heard what she said. My phone kind of chunked a little bit, but, uh, oh my God. you know, you, you, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're good. Just keep going. Okay. okay. Uh, look, Pine Creek, they've been playing 5A teams. They've been playing them pretty well. So this transition, not a huge deal. Uh, even Coach said that he felt like Chassa helped them out quite a bit here, and uh they competed against some 5A contenders last year pretty tightly. Um, so look for them to do that again this year. By the way, not Chassa helping them out, um, you know, like that, but like scheduling wise, you know? Yes, like so, scheduling gradually more 5A teams as the years go on. Yes, so I'd, I'd be surprised if they didn't make an impact right away. They're going to get their shot at a couple of teams. And, you know, while they do have some young players, I mean... They got they have they have that perfect mix, you know what I mean. So I'm not like super worried about them. They'll be in the mix uh, here for state and the playoffs. So yeah, but uh, yeah, there you go. There. Um, yep. You want to take it away from here? Go for it. Yeah, back to, back to somebody who can get it done in two minutes. Um, we're gonna be talking Pause. about the grand. Bruh. We're going to be talking about the Grandview Wolves here. Uh, look, they were in the semis last year, and uh, they're going to be returning a lot of talent. I think defensively is where I probably have a couple more questions in the secondary. Uh, they just have some major holes. I'm looking at Malik Singleton and Caden Rulo, uh, two of the most talented secondary players in the entire state, regardless of classification and squad last year. Tons of interceptions and turnovers and general forced fumbles. Opportune turnovers and forced fumbles. And... Uh, you know, the skill positions will just need basically a full reload as well. Evan Johnson's going to be graduating after having a ton of return yards as well as receiving yards. Uh, Tristan Burns or Burris uh, only caught two less yards than Evan and was the leader on kickoff return. So lots of special teams and secondary guys to be replaced. However, don't worry too much. Their defense is still going to be strong. Uh, Max Kibbe returns after 102 tackles last year. And I think that they're going to be a really dynamic duo between him and Preston Emkin, who flew sideline to sideline while just laying down some serious hits at the point of contact and possessing speed to chase down quarterbacks and make plays in pass coverage as well, uh, breaking up four passes. Uh, the Wakalanji family continues to be integral to Grandview defenses. Uh, after only a couple of years ago, you know, one went to CSU, there's now uh, another guy here in Malumba who's, you know, going to enter his senior year terrorizing quarterbacks and leading the team in sacks and tackles for loss. And then you also have uh, sophomore Ngonkolo uh, Wakalanji, who is second on the squad with five sacks. So both these guys are going to bring the pass rush. The front seven is going to be 
really hard to run against. And I think it's going to make the, whoever is going to be up next in secondary going to make their job a lot easier. And then on offense, you have class of 2024, Liam Zarka, who was a dog last year. I mean, he let the world know who he was with that game winning drive against Pomona and didn't really slow down. Uh, almost had 2,000 passing yards. I think that he's going to take a huge step forward as a passer, and guys like Simon Kibbe are going to help him out by being big body targets. Absolutely agreed. I don't think Grandview will miss much, much of a step here. I mean, you still got your quarterback, you know, and we, we actually got to talk to Liam here at Media Day, one-on-one uh, -on -one actually, so shout-out to him. But, you know, he is a very confident in the receivers he has coming in. I know he does have a new, um, a new group here after a lot of them did graduate. But, you know, they're going to do their thing. The defense, they got some guys up front, especially, you know, um, this is going to be a fun team to watch. You know, they got a lot of talent, and it's going to leave room for players to step up, like a Zaynito, by the way. I'm just going to shout him out real quick. So, there you go there. Um, that's Grandview. Yeah, and I mean, they lost to Cherry Creek by a single score last year. So, they can hang in there with some tough teams. They've been um, hanging, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, we got another tough team right up here next. Uh, before Simon has two in a row, and that is Columbine. You know what they do. You know who they are. They're big and mean up front. They won the Broncos offensive lineman or defensive line. They won the lineman challenge. All right. So they're going to bully teams. They're going to run the wing tee. They got a solid running back, you know, in, oh my gosh, I am literally trusty. I'm trusting in the process here. Um, but anyways, Tyree, uh, he was somebody who was very solid last year, and he's going to be looking to take more snaps. They also have somebody in Josh Schneider, who in limited action had a really high, uh, you know, yards per carry and eclipsed the 100-yard mark. So you got that. You have some upcoming talent in guys like James Bossinger, who or Bossinger, who might have, you know, an expanded role this year, and is just a great athlete. And uh, you also have some guys returning to the defensive line, like Rocky Shields, who's going to be awesome. Look, this defense is going to be suffocating this year. I don't care who you are. They have probably one of the best front sevens in football. You got Peyton Wainwright, who's one of the best linebackers, easily a top five senior linebacker candidate. Um, and then you also have guys like uh, Logan Correa. So, look, there's tons of big names that are coming in there's tons of big names that are going out and uh logan gray was actually a graduate so pardon me on that one but he tied him in sacks peyton did so that's a huge bar to have met seth cromwell graduated but it's like everyone who they have graduated it seems like they have somebody right there to replace them and look when i was looking at their window of wins they that their window of wins is between nine and ten meaning that I could very easily see Columbine going 10-0, which is going to bode way better for them this year as far as, you know, not having to play on the road. Their season ended on the road against Valor. I think playing with some home field advantage is going to go a long way for them. And I think that they're going to have that uh, through the first or second round of the playoffs, which is not necessarily something that they had last season coming in like third in the Jeffco League or something like that and kind of stumbling a little bit. I think that they're way more experienced on the offensive and defensive fronts, I think they're way stronger and way bigger, and that's going to lead to way more wins. Yep, absolutely agreed. Uh, look, this is a team that I wouldn't be surprised going to state. They could beat up any team they want, to be honest with you. 
Uh, I have no doubt about that. Really like Rocky Shields, like Will Adams. They're going to do their thing over there. Tyree Trusty, I mean, he's going to turn up this season. I already know. You know, he's going to do his thing. Uh, I'm sure they're going to have uh, a couple other backs thrown in the mix there, but he's probably going to be the lead guy there. Wayne Wright, he's a beast. Uh, they have another linebacker. I think it's James. Is it Selesson? Excuse me if I'm yeah. saying that wrong, but I've definitely watched Bro play, and I like the way he plays football. You know, I like the way all these Columbine players play football. Also, James Bassinger as well. You know, defensively, I think they could beat up any team they want. I think they could shut down any team they want. And I, just looking at this team on paper, you know, I, and knowing uh, these players and seeing them play, I really believe that offensively you know i mean they're gonna have to control the pace because if they get into a shootout that's probably not the greatest thing and so you know as a team they're gonna have to work together defense they gotta lock up these teams give the offense as many opportunities as possible offensively you gotta gas the other team and you gotta be equally as physical and which i think they can do because of how dominant they are up front so We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish at the top spot. Despite them not being number one, they definitely could be in one of the top two spots. Um, at some point in the season, I'd be surprised if they if they weren't. So, you know, we'll see. But I think they have that potential. So, there you go. Simon, all you on three and two. Yes, I got you here. Sorry. Let me get this set up over here. All right, so... Boom, there you go. Had Columbine and Grandview tied there. So we're at three, and we got Regis Jesuit. Go ahead and uh, put on the film here. Get this stuff started. So Regis Jesuit last year had a pretty solid year. I mean, you know, went eight and four. Uh, only team they lost to, or sorry, not the only team they lost to, but they only lost to Cherry Creek 28 to seven. You know, so not too bad. I mean, they lost them 34 to 14 um, earlier in the season. And then they did have a close loss to Legend 42 to 41. But this is a good squad. And unfortunately, they are losing quite a bit of talent here. I'm just going to go down the line. They're losing their lead rusher, Xavier Carroll. That's 870 yards, 12 touchdowns. They're losing Dallas Macias. Uh, he was their second leading receiver, plus uh, their lead tackler. So there you go. Uh, Nuni Tuatelli, he's going to Cal. He's going to Cal. So there you go. Uh, Ezra Ikuban, he's going to UNC. Jaden Franklin, he's the next level player. Um, plus made our top five interior defensive line list. Losing Logan Hilliard and Dervin Taylor as well. So they're losing quite a bit of talent, but what they're returning definitely warrants this number three spot they're uh, bringing back some pass rushers here including Hayden Moore you know he had five sacks last year 111 tacklers he'll be a top um you know defender in the state you have Andrew Metzger uh or Metzger sorry he will be playing on defense as well he's 6'5 235 but he's a three-star tight end committed to CU so he's going to turn up on both sides of the ball and on offense you got a nice core here with Xander Carroll a nice duel with their quarterback Albert Anthony Medina, who I really feel like could turn up and have a breakout season this year, along with DeAndre Barnes, who is a 1,000-yard, uh, or sorry, he was a 645-yard, 7-touchdown receiver last year. He's probably going to be a 1,000-yard, 10-touchdown uh, player this year. Look, this is a team that offensively 
They're going to be explosive. They could beat you in a couple different ways here. While on defense, they have pass rushers. They have a guy in Joshua Harvey. They have a couple. I mean, they have a lot of DBs. It's Regis Jesuit. They always replenish pretty well here. But especially going into this year, they have a nice big three on offense. Um, a big four if you want to count Mets. Metzger, which you should, and then defensively, they'll be good enough. So, there you go. There, that's pretty good. Look, Rage's Jesuit, I think they're constantly in the conversation. Uh, and look, the roadblock that they run into year in and year out is basically Cherry Creek. Um, and I think that talent wise, that they're right up there, and that's why they're at our number three spot. I think that they have loads of talent. Uh, it's just a matter of putting it all together at the right time. Um, I think that that kind of segues a little bit into you really got to blow out teams that you're supposed to blow out um, and uh, take care of business there. And uh, yeah, I, I think that they're in a great position to maybe even pull off some upsets this year. And I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be attending their season opener against, was it Valor, right? It is Valor. Um, this, this coming Friday. So that'll be a heavyweight matchup between our number three and sorry to spoil it simon but also our number two yes <laughs> no absolutely i mean at number two we have valor christian and by the way reaches just to it they're gonna be really fun to watch i mean they got some guys who could make our top five senior list on the offensive side of the ball just gonna say that but at number two like cody said here we have valor christian let me get the film together here boom boom uh look last year you know it was fine they went undefeated until they uh met cherry creek in the playoffs where they lost again 21 to 0 i i would definitely say that that was a little bit of a disappointing season because in my opinion they should have won state you know they were the more experienced team they had a lot of talent and they just lost. And so going into this season, you know, they're losing a lot of guys. Obviously, they're losing Gavin Sawchuck. He's at Oklahoma. They're losing Colton Allen. He's at CU. They're losing Colton Rose. Uh, he's uh, their starting tight end. They're losing Grant Simmons. He was their lead receiver with 700 yards, seven touchdowns. They're losing um, two uh, linemen who made our top five senior list. And Jake Mykula, who's at Stanford. And Caden Parrish at, uh, I believe, Drake. They're losing Andrew Hale, who I believe is also at Drake. They're losing Jordan Norwood, one of their best linebackers, who's at Liberty. They're losing Luke Meyer, who's over at Air Force. They're losing Mitchell uh, Bigelow, who was one of their best DBs and did a really good job over there. So they're losing a lot of players. But what they're gaining is pretty big, including head coach of Chatfield, Brett McGatlin, who actually won a state championship at Chatfield last year. And I have a lot of faith in him after going to media day. I have a lot of faith in Valor Christian. I think they could really turn up this year and prove the haters wrong, including us. I'm just going to be honest with you. But got a couple guys here, including Trey Stott. He's going to be a top five safety, probably top three, top two safety in the entire state. Uh, one of the lone returners on defense, along with Brody Bleak. Um, I believe that's how you say it. Uh, 6'3", 270 pound uh, interior defensive lineman. He's going to be an absolute beast. Plus, I think he'll be on uh, the offensive line as well. Speaking of offensive line, you also have Tanner Morley, who's going to CSU. He already committed. Uh, I believe he said he's playing on the interior and not tackle. Or maybe it's the other way around. But he's going to be a beast. Then you have Gabe Sawchuk. He's going to turn up this year, I believe. And then you have three-star quarterback, Asher 
uh, Weiner here, who I or Weiner, whatever it is. Uh, excuse me if I say that wrong. Who, who's gonna have to play like a three star for them to live up to this two spot here, as you know the whole team is gonna have to. Cody, what do you think about Valor Christian? Uh, you had the viral TikTok about Valor that went viral, but both of us felt pretty good about this team after media day, and you know we're we're feeling them well i think that something that's funny to think about is i i like looking at our recent media day tiktok where everyone is like bro there's no way that anyone on valor is under like 25 years old talking about what they have in the trenches and i think that you know the reputation that valor has is something that teams heading in to play valor like for valor it's just another game and this was kind of brought up at media day, but for other teams, like it's big, bad valor. Right. And I think that that gets to teams and a lot of teams lose before they even start. So, you know, valor's ability to just maintain, you know, poise and composure and treated business as usual is going to provide a lot of support for them this year. And I think having a way more personable coach like McGatlin is going to go a long ways. I think that it's going to set up Valor very, very well for the long term. I think that he's a guy who can stick around for a while. I think that he's a guy who doesn't mind taking some heat, but he's also one of just the best offensive minds in football. I mean, dude, that Chatfield offense was crazy last year, and they didn't even have a guy who really threw the ball. So, you know, the fact that they'll be exciting and it won't be dive, 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 tackle, tackle, off, tackle, off, tackle, dive, 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 that's going to make Valor a better team this year. So... Yeah, I I, <laughs> I, feel like I might have defended Valor a lot in that Media Day TikTok, which is crazy, you know. But, you know, I really like McGatlin. I think he'll get this team right. And these players here, I mean, look, obviously they're Valor, but you still got something to prove. They haven't won state yet. I don't actually, none of these players have won state. The only one who's won state is McGatlin. And I think he could get them back there and potentially be one of the biggest threats to creek but we'll see like you said cody every team's gonna come ready to take their shot no team is gonna be that intimidated i feel i feel like there's gonna be a lot of teams that are like yo valor just see the list of guys i just listed you know they they're they're on the downswing so everyone's ready to take a swing at them and no one's gonna feel bad if they don't do well so it's gonna be up to valor to pick each other up and lead each other so we'll see i i think they could do it you know, but we'll see. You got to win games and you got to prove people wrong first, though. So there you go. But Cody, uh, I think uh, this might be one of the most obvious number ones next to our two-way number one. But uh, go ahead and take it away. Thank goodness it's like the last team that we're really, really talking about. But I mean, <laughs> they need no introduction. Back-to-back -back champs, Cherry Creek. Uh, best coach in Colorado high school football history, Dave Logan. Obviously, he's back this season. Graduating seniors, I mean, you're losing talent. They do every year. They're losing George Fitzpatrick to Ohio State. They're losing Coyote Jr. to CSU. They're losing uh, Henry Lamar and Tyler Tolbert. And uh, Sam uh, Pezdertz, who went to uh, Missouri Western. They're losing Caleb Perea, or Perea who's at CSU Pueblo. Um, Christian Hammond won't be under center. That's the biggest question mark this entire team has. But who isn't coming back is, you know, who, who's not going, coming back is easier topic because defensively, four-star group Blake Purchase 
comes back. 18 tackles for loss, 83 tackles, batted a ton of passes. Look, I can't even go through all the stats. Chase Brackney's coming back. Gus Zelinskis is coming back. Logan Brantley is coming back. Um, uh, look, this entire defense is like basically Division One, And this doesn't even address, you know, guys who switched over to defense like Marte Russell. You have the backfield that's returning Carlson Tan and Arion Boyd, who, you know, were very constant in the backfield. Jordan Heron as a class of 24 guy was constant. They're returning a ton of offensive linemen. They're going to be big up front this year on both sides of the ball. They're also going to have Ishmael Sisi, who's probably, you know, he has the potential to be a thousand yard receiver. He's one of the best receivers in the state. He looks even more crisp following this offseason. Look, as it stands right now, they have three of the top five recruits in the 23 class and five of the top 12, which is hilariously ahead of every other program in the state. They also have two three-star linemen in the class of 2024, and this doesn't even include Angelo Petritus, who is in the middle of this defense and one of the leading tacklers last year who's already been offered to CU. I, I, at the time of projecting their schedule, I hadn't even looked at their schedule and said that they're going to be in state. Their most interesting game, I think, this season, they obviously have the opener against Ralston Valley, and then they face out-of-state talent again this year. Look, worst-case scenario, they're 9-1, and and they 3 P. Or, you know, they end up losing in state. Worst case scenario, they end up losing in state. But they should probably 3-P. I know you didn't have a lot of time, so I'm just going to pick up here as well. They are also bringing in Exodus Johnson from Arapaho, who, yep. oh my god, is good. <laughs> that, he's going to, this is as good as this D1 defensive line could be. By the way, <clears throat> let me just go ahead and list out the commitments of some of these guys here. Uh, except for Blake Purchase, because I don't think he's committed. But Logan Brantley, linebacker, going to Kansas, I believe. Chase Brackney, yeah. Iowa. Yeah. Hank Zelinskis, uh going to CU. He just committed. You know, Marte Russell, he has a D1 offer. Blake Purchase, obviously the four-star, has a million D1 offers. Power five. Didn't so. even talk about Javion Smith-Combs, six foot six. Yes. Their most underrated player is a six foot six, 230, 240 pound. I don't know how much he weighs, but he's a big boy. Uh, defensive end outside linebacker who is going to get in as a rotational player as a senior because that's just what Cherry Creek does. And he's probably going to earn himself some offers when all is said and done. Also, you have Aiden Napke as a freshman, considered the best freshman safety in the entire state. Plus, one of just period, one of the best safeties in the entire state. Simon, you know? are you muted on the stream? No, why? Are you good? Well, I don't know if Cody is good, but I'm definitely not muted on the stream. Uh, regardless, you know, they got a million players. Obviously, quarterback is going to be a big question, but they got a lot of guys who, you know, they're going to, I mean, they got guys that they're going to rotate in. Uh, Peep. Peep the media day uh, clip that we dropped. Logan basically said they're going to try a couple different quarterbacks and eventually I'm sure they're going to figure out something by a playoffs, which isn't even that big of a deal. But for now, have to be a two-star guy to win a state championship with this team, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, they'll start whoever and they'll probably still make it to state because of how good this defense is. Plus the running backs and I mean, everyone else as well, you know, so this Cherry Creek team, they are stacked. They are legit. 
Not only are they D1 talent, but they are Power 5 talent riddled. Um, and I don't know how else you got to beat that. Also, plus their line. Shout out to uh, Estrella, Max Parrot, like all these guys. Um, AJ, like they, they're stacked. Absolutely stacked. It is going to be a tall order for any team in 5-8 to beat them. You know, and even then, you know, you have to play your best game against Cherry Creek. Because even Cherry Creek's worst game is still going to be a challenge for most teams, to be honest with you. And they don't have, they really don't have many down uh, games. So, there you go. I can't think of the last time they did. But anyways, our final preseason power rankings for 5A here. Obviously, we're going to update these every week. At number 9 slash 10, it's tied Fairview, Arvada West. After that, at 8, we have Thunder Ridge. 7, Ralston Valley. 6, Pine Creek. 5, Grandview. 4, Columbine. 3, Regis Jesuit. 2, Valor Christian. 1, Cherry Creek. Uh, Cody, do you mind if I talk about my personal rankings first and then uh, hand it off to you? Uh, you mind if I talk because my phone is just glitching out a little bit, so I'm afraid of not hearing the transition after you. Yeah, go for it. You're good. Cool. My phone is, like, so hot right now, I'm surprised it's not melting the plastic thing that's holding it. But anyways, my rankings are pretty on brand with this. One, Creek. Two, Valor. A uh, little bit of a difference. I have Columbine at three, Regis at four. Grandview at five. That top five, pretty interchangeable. I have Rouse and Valley at six. I'm pretty high on their uh, new coach and the direction that this team can go along with the athletes that they have. Seven, I have Pine Creek, like right next to where they normally are. I have Arvada West eight, Thunder Ridge nine, Fairview 10. I have Arvada West just a little bit ahead because of the offense that I think they have more proven thus far um, than Thunder Ridge and Fairview here at nine and 10. I then have Rock Canyon at 11, Fossil Ridge at 12. Fossil Ridge, uh, Tyler Kubat, uh, going to be one of the best passers this year. Not sure if that's how you say his name, but that offense is going to be absurd this year. Uh, Rock Canyon, a little bit of the opposite. They're going to be able to run the ball really well, and they have a lot going on in their trenches. Mountain Vista, number 13, led by a solid offense. Then I have Mullen, number 14, and I think that they're going to win their league this year. They're in a new league this year. I think it's a very winnable one. Then I have Castleview here at number 15. Mambo, number 15. Back to you, Simon. <coughs> okay, bet. Sorry, I'm, I'm spitting fast because my phone is seriously chunging. Okay, you're good. <laughs> Anyways, my personal preseason rankings. Um, number one, Cherry Creek. Number two, Regis. Number three, Valor. Number four, Grandview. Uh, number five, Pine Creek. Number six, Columbine. Number seven, Thunder Ridge. Number eight, Ralston Valley. Number two, Fairview. And then at 10, I actually had Rock Canyon, but Arvada West beat them out. So there you go there. I think Rock Canyon is actually going to be really good. Uh, have a stud in Aiden Duda. Have another stud in DeAndre Horn. Um, and then have a very good defense, you know. I think that's a team that's probably going to make our top 10 uh, sooner than later. Wouldn't be surprised there. Speaking of teams that will probably make our top 10, Mountain Vista, they'll probably make an appearance. They're just out at 11. Uh, I have concerns about their line. 
you know, compared to some of these other big boy lines here, you know, there could be some problems, but offensively, they're going to be explosive. At 12, I got Mullen. I just need to see them win games, to be honest with you. At 13, I have Fountain Fort Carson. They're going to have a good defense, plus they have some experience there. 14, Foster Ridge. 15, Arvado West. We'll see if they can move up or down. Um, so there you go. 16, Castleview. 17, Douglas County. Uh, 18, I went Eagle Crest, then Rocky Mountain, Smoky Hill, Pomona, Horizon, Doherty at 23, then Cherokee Trail at 24. Obviously, these are due to change pretty soon here. Uh, we'll just have to see. You know, I mean, teams got to win games, and there's going to be plenty of battles in the top 10, and there's going to be plenty of battles to get teams into the top 10, but we will see. I, I think it's very agreeable right now. Top three teams for sure, Cherry Creek, Regis, Valor, per usual, you know, but anything could happen, any team could lose, you know, we'll just have to see it, what, what goes down, but uh, that basically wrap up wraps up our 2022 Colorado preseason power rankings. Like we said, we're going to update these every single week on our daily recaps, so be on the lookout for those. If you are just joining us, you can find this full live stream probably on Twitch. The whole thing will be there. You can watch it there, but we will upload this eventually uh, on YouTube, uh, hopefully by tomorrow, and then it should be on all major streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, stuff like that, if you want to check it out there. But just now, we are showing clips on this podcast as well. I apologize for all the technical difficulties. This is kind of a long stream, so I've been producing it uh, while also talking. Same with Cody. You know, we don't have a third guy. Not really. And this is probably a good spot to also say that uh, it will just be mostly me and Cody on the podcast uh, for this season. We do have an intern. Shout out to our guy Gideon. He will be attending a lot of games up north, you know, but he is an intern. We don't want to put too much on him uh, as we have decided. And it was mutual to part ways with our guy Mason. He will be doing bigger and great things. So, uh, so yeah, but just wanted to shout that out because I feel like some people don't understand that it's just you and me, Cody. Um, so yeah, I feel like now was as good as a, as good, as good as a time to reveal it as any. Are you good, Cody? <laughs> my, you're just like turning robotic. It, my, my phone is just on life support as far as processing power goes, but I, I, I got the gist of what you said. Well, good thing it's mostly for listeners, but let me go ahead and wrap this thing up. Thank you so much for rocking with us. Go ahead and follow us on social media at Playmakers, Playmakers Corner on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're also on TikTok. A lot of clips posting there. Plus, I'm hoping to post uh, some TikToks of us going to games, which we will be going to a lot of games this week. Uh, for me or for us, we got Denver South and skyline on thursday then on friday i'm going to dakota ridge versus pueblo west down in pueblo should be hype i'm also going to a game on saturday i just haven't figured out which one that will be cody i believe will probably go to regis jesuit valor on friday so there you go if you see us say hi whatnot we love a meeting uh fans and whatnot so that'll be hype uh so make sure you follow us there plus our watch list will be done tomorrow cornerbacks safeties it goes down tomorrow, so be on the lookout there. You can follow us, like I said, on Playmakers Corner. Um, link trees there. And then go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube, Twitch. Follow us, subscribe to us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts as well to listen for more as we will be doing daily, or not daily, weekly 
recaps of these games, plus other content like interviews and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. Cody, any last words? <laughs> Thank you if you stuck around for four hours. Good night. Peace. <laughs>